0: Right, guys, welcome to the motherfuckers in the barbershop podcast page. It's just a duo today. Um, me and Be Nice holding it down. Um, Austin went clubbing and left us, so hey, fuck them, you know.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah, so, um, but we got a lot of stuff to get into this, uh, this week. Um, let's get started with some, uh, let's start off with some football. All
1: right, so, uh, currently. The Michigan Wolverines are looking like what and on pace to do what for the rest of the season?
0: Well, they scrapping right now. Um, like I said, Don Jones, people who just got out of bounds, it's not looking too good. I do think they can finish up strong. That Ohio State game, I don't know if they can win that game, even being at home. And I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think just because it's a rivalry game and just because it's at home, but Ohio State is looking like a machine. They're not taking nobody lightly. They put 52 on Northwestern. They are staying focused. As we saw today, Wisconsin lost focus. Thinking about Ohio State for next week, they lost to Lovey Smith, Illinois. Um, I think Mitch King can bounce back, even if they lose tonight. I think they can bounce back, but they're definitely going to have three losses on their on their record this year. Okay, okay.
1: Um, we are staying in the same college football lane. If you were to predict the college football playoff at this point in time right now, what four teams would be in there?
0: <sighs> Oklahoma to me would be in there. Jalen um, Hurts is look—he looks unbelievable. Alabama, of course, they would be there. Clemson will be there, and I'm gonna have to go with Ohio State.
1: Okay, is there any team that's fringe or any situations you can see playing out where there's possibly one of those teams not making it?
0: Um, if LSU comes up big and wins a few, even if uh, if Auburn can like steal. Um, the winner of the SEC championship game, if Alabama slips up anyway, I can see them being uh being out. I just think Clemson has too easy of a road on the rest of the way, so I think they're they're gonna be in. A wild card would be Notre Dame. Okay. Even though we I don't wanna see them there, but they do play Michigan coming up. They got another big game at the end of the year. So if they can finish out strong, but uh I think the four, I think they're locked in. I think this is going to be another year where the, the Pac-10 don't get in. Not, and the Pac-10 has some, some good teams. Okay. Some good teams, but they just don't have nobody that's clear standing out.
1: So, basing off of that, if you had to pick, not necessarily the favorite, but your favorite, who you might see winning the national championship, who would it be out of those four teams?
0: I just think Oklahoma offense, and I think Jalen Hurts, if he if he match up against Alabama, I, I think they can get the better. Okay,
1: okay. that's a, a, a bitty prick big prediction, you know, considering how tough Alabama and Clemson have been for the last couple of years, and even like you said, Ohio State looks like a machine, but you do believe in Oklahoma uh, offense.
0: I believe in that offense. I think that if they matched up against Ohio State, I think it would be a shootout, but I think they'll win that shootout. If they match up against Clemson, I just assume the Clemson offense doesn't look, and the defense, they lost a lot. Don't look as explosive and as good as they did last year. They bet
1: the house on Trevor Lawrence, man, and he hasn't really showed up. Hasn't really. A lot
0: of pressure on him. So I think that. And I think just that that grudge match against Alabama. And I think Alabama's going to be physically beat up by the time the season is over. They're about to get into, like, the thick of their schedule a bit. So, and that's the thing. Like, the Big 12, definitely the offense, you're not really facing any strong or tough defense. So Oklahoma's going to be pretty fresh going into the playoffs.
1: It makes pretty good sense. So, moving forward, we're just staying with college football, though, who are the guys who you seen excel this season who you think can do the same at the
0: next level? <sighs> of course, we talk about Hurts. Um, I think Tua uh, can advance. Taylor from uh, Wisconsin, I mean, I, I just think he has to be a top four, top, top five pick. Um... Those have probably been the only guys that like really stuck out. Um, I was watching the um, I was watching the HBO. They got the twenty four seven, the receiver from um, from Arizona State. He looks really good. Look like he's okay. very promising. Um, it was the linebacker. Oh no, the cornerback from Virginia. Can't forget his name. Remember his name? But yeah, he he definitely looks like he's probably on top of the class, even though he, he got injured. So it's uh like says it's, it's a lot of guys. Um, Big Ten wise. Yeah, Chase, Young being projected Chase Young is in his top five right now. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's been balling. He's been he's been playing well, and that's that's really about it. I mean, it's it's still kind of early to tell before uh, before we get into the draft rankings, but I think those are the guys that's like the clear standout guys. I think
1: one of the things that I, I appreciate about Chase Young, is, and we've seen this previously with guys like, uh, to Davion Clowney, and um, a couple of other guys. I think Miles Garrett as well, but. They, they rose really quickly as underclassmen because they had other talent around them and upperclassmen. And when it became their time and they got to like their junior year, the production kind of slipped a little bit. You don't see that with Chase. He's still like going after it. You know what I'm saying? He's still very aggressive. So I, I just appreciate that. Although Ohio State is still pretty stacked on defense. You can tell he's still like the leader of the group. And I appreciate that he's showing that aggressiveness and going out there and making plays because you do see people start to stumble a little bit when they know that check is on the other side of this year but um and they also have a pretty solid cornerback. But you don't believe that Justin Herbert is, is going to be the real deal for Morgan. I, I I
0: I don't I don't know. I mean, he's he's played okay he was this was one year. of the guys to tank for. That's yeah. what they said. I I, I just don't I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's, def, he's he's in my top. In my top 10. Okay. For next year, but I I just think Tua and uh and Hurts I would have them higher just because of the uh the style of play, um, the offense, like being that Jalen Hurts has picked up two offenses really quickly, and then I don't know. I mean, he I haven't seen him take over a game this year. Now last year he had a better year. Um, oh, and the cornerback I was talking about was Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall. From, uh, yeah, yeah, Bryce yeah, Hall's but, yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's a few guys like Trey Trey Adams, the old lineman. Um, he's six foot eight, three hundred fourteen pounds. So a lot of people have been uh, been heavy on him. Um, like you say. uh... Or Dillian Moss from Alabama, um, so I mean you get you got you got a few guys out there. So we are, uh we we'll definitely see, definitely see them to come. We'll do a full college uh, breakdown after the season. Do like the pre-draft rankings, kind of compare our list to like the Mel Mel Kuyper's and mm-hmm. Tom McShay mm-hmm. shit like that. So I think that's been uh it's been never college football. But today was a good day. Today was yeah. a good day in the Big Ten. It's like pretty I said,
1: decent games I got to watch.
0: Illinois, so who did you uh, check out today?
1: Uh, I saw the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. Uh, I saw a decent amount of LSU and Mississippi State. They were blowing them out, though. And also, I got a chance to check out some of Kentucky and Georgia and just now you know, watch some of the Michigan and Penn State games. So, there's some pretty decent games that I've seen today. Uh, just competitive.
0: Michigan has back-to-back night games. Notre Dame next
1: week. Yeah, it's a fortunate situation, man. Might come out on two of those games. And, you know, Popo, a guy who played football at Austin in high school, came out and made the statement They thought Michigan was going to run the tables the rest of the season. I don't see it happening.
0: Nah, I, I, that was a very asinine uh, statement to make. Like I said, I, I, I definitely see it being more of a more of a struggle this, this year and definitely later on. I don't know if they can beat Ohio State. Like I said, they're fighting back tonight, but if they don't score on this drive, it's pretty much over with. Like I said, it's going into the the fourth, so. Like I said, we'll keep you guys updated during.
1: Okay, so moving show. forward to the big boy leagues, you know what I'm saying? Tonight we're recording this still Saturday, but it'll be Sunday tomorrow, and maybe by the time you guys hear this. But uh, moving forward in the NFL, we got the big news and the big thing to talk about in the Motor City. The Trey Lions getting hosed on Monday Night Football. We all seen it. You know, unfortunately you took a victory in, in football got a week oh, on yes, that. Sir. I hope you don't take too much pride in that. Oh yeah, I take all the pride and in that. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But the one thing that I wanna ask you is should this particular situation, the plethora of missed calls and you know, miscommunicated calls or things that could be on the borderline have caused as much of an uproar as it has. Where you've seen players like Barry Sanders, Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, active players. Like, Clay Matthews got fined for this, for his comments about the officiate. So, do you think those particular plays were a showing of what the NFL has been, or is this just lack like a Lions thing? Do you think it was more on it, or this is actually an issue for the NFL? I
0: think it was, I think it was an issue for the NFL, because I, I think, like, the targeting – there's been a few bad targeting calls this year. That was probably the worst one of the bunch. Like he He's not even looking at the guy. He's going straight for the ball, and the helmets just, just happen, happen to hit each other. That's just – Bang, bang. But that that was a really bad one. Um, the hands to the face, they both were bad calls. The problem I have with, um, with Trey Flowers is that in those situations, I, I don't think he should be going for the bull rush. I think he should have tried to swim him, get off him, and try to make more of a play towards the quarterback. But those were awful, awful calls at, at that moment. But in saying all that, they got to look at themselves and blame. Like They had 58 yards of offense in the second half. Matt Stafford had a QBR of thirty-eight. They kicked five field goals, and one of them, Kenny Galladay, he should have scored that that touchdown. Like you just got, he broke loose. He, he was supposed to score, it. but the fact is, it did come down to those plays, and that that did cost him, cost him the game.
1: Yeah, I I think I just appreciate a lot of guys who, who don't have ties necessarily to Detroit Lions or Detroit or Michigan or anything of that nature and came out and kind of spoke out about it. There obviously was the Darren Olowskis, who is now, you know, signed on the ESPN. Right, right. And the Terry Whiteheads, who, who was with the Oakland Raiders, and you know, Barry Sanders, who was a former, you know, legend, who did come out to speak on our behalf. For Nevin Lawson, and said certain things. or just former players who still have some type of affiliation to the team and some love for the squad or players who did come out and speak about it. But I, I just appreciate a lot of guys who did step forward, just players and fans of the games themselves, who don't appreciate what they're seeing from officiating. And I think the biggest thing that we can take away from what happened on Monday, that they kind of spoke about, was like, in essence, those two hands to the face changed the game by themselves. Like you could say, run from the past, it was like a bad call, which it was, but I don't think that had a big of an impact on the game. Like there was still a lot of time after that, and I don't think that one call, like we'd have went away from the game, and we'd have lost. Like if right. you know, Matt Stafford would have threw a pick or Aaron Rodgers just randomly got hot, we'd have lost that way. Nobody would have really harped on like, yeah, we got cheated, but it's just like we lost. Right. It's like those two those two plays by themselves, basically. And and the, the twelve men on the field, because on the very next drive they didn't call that. They allowed the Packers to call a timeout. Now granted, they they called a timeout, but they didn't even get the Lions a chance to do that. Right, right. They called it immediately or the, the center has touched the ball, the twelve men on the field. And Jared Davis literally counting. He was about to get to the twelve men and probably would've called a timeout. Or would have learned that somebody called a timeout, they didn't give us the opportunity. And they allowed the Packers to do that. But it's still a situation like that where it's like, this is literally putting points on the board for this other team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just unfair. Right. And I think that was the biggest issue, like I said, where it came out to people actually seeing the refs like we saw last year in the NFC Championship game. The refs literally decided the game. It's, it's just unfair. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. to see that, and, and I think a lot of people have pointed out that it is diminishing football. Especially, like, with the targeting, a lot of DBs came to the defense of Tracy Walker where, like you said, he literally wasn't even looking at the receiver. He was going for the ball. And I think the biggest issue that I had personally was like the ref standing pat on that and saying that there's like basically definitive no gray area for helmet to helmet contact. And like even defensive backs come out and ask me like, what if he would have actually caught the ball? If Trace Walker would have caught the ball and then he get hit in the head? Like, is he still penalized? And they had no answer for that. And it's like, we're not really communicating well enough. For yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody has no fluidity on this or knows what the real answer is. And that's just like a slap in the face as a fan to see where we already kind of see the 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 aggression getting taken out of football with the, the, the tackle box getting like, you know, smaller, smaller, you only have so much of a hit window. So it's like, it's getting decreased as how violent they can be, which sounds fucked up, but that's one of the things that some people like about this sport, you know, since it's a gladiator sport. And to take that away, you kind of take away those big plays to where my instant is, oh, he cracked that dude. Like, that was a big hit, you know what I'm saying? That's exciting. And it is a step back as a human, you know what I'm saying, to see somebody down like that. But that's a good play. And it wasn't like a Fontes Burfitt not to name drop or, you know, spit on him. But it wasn't like something you say, oh, this is dirty. He literally made a play for the ball. He wasn't trying to hit the guy. He wasn't trying to tackle. But it is, it's, like I said, it's unfortunate in that space of playing football to where you got to think way too much. You know what I'm saying? A split second, I'm trying to make a play for the ball, and then I happen to hit this dude. But even if I didn't, you know what I'm saying, I still made a play on the ball. Yeah. I stopped him from catching it. It's unfortunate he got hit, but he knew what he signed up for. Like, I get that you got to defend people to where you can't just
0: leave I, people out in the it, air. And you, like, just hit them. I think it was more Aaron Rodgers' for too. Oh, that, that, that was a, a bad pass. pass. Like Horrible was bad. pass. Just was
1: you was just, you just benefiting the quarterback to say, oh, yeah, you threw this terrible pass, and this receiver loves you. He going to go for it. Like, I've said this multiple times on the show. People in Green Bay will die for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Their receivers, the linemen, defense, everybody, they will die for Aaron Rodgers. The same thing you see with Seattle. They, us, they will die for Russell Wilson. So, you see those things like that. Of course, Geronimo Ellison was going to go after that ball. It was a shitty pass. It was in the dirt. Yeah. He probably shouldn't even make a play on that shit. You should have. You know what I'm saying? But Tracy Walker was there, and he tried to make a play. Realistically, like you said, if Geronimo Ellison would have gave up a little bit, he would have picked that. Yeah. So, he made a play on the ball, and it's just unfortunate to see. And it kind of does, like people pointed out, it put a red flag on the NFL. Like, yeah. I can't watch this shit. You know what I'm saying? Not to say niggas is really going to stop watching it. But it's like, I can't really enjoy this to see. That our team is going to get cheated by y'all. You know what I'm saying? With the the same back-to-back shit. And it's like, even to hear that, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but like reports that David, whatever his last name, came out and told the ref to look for that. Like, I've been looking at the Scott the whole game, and then you go out there and get hosed in the call of that shit? Like, that's not okay, bro. You know what I'm saying? To where it's like, you can't even register back with each other and say, all oh, right, let's pick this flag up. This yeah. wasn't the right thing.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, definitely, the referee is right there looking at the hands of the face. Like bro, his hand. If anything, the tackle put his hands in his face before the play even started. Exactly. And it could have, should have been a holding. And like you say, we can go back and forth to it. The referees definitely blew this game. I I wanted to see more passion from Pat, Pat- uh, Matt Patricia, and the Lions. But like you say, you got to move on because Damn. it's a short week. But I think this loss has kind of fucked up their season to they, some
1: degree. They went
0: from being they probably if they would have won, they would have been the, the uh, number one in the NFC North, not at last. Minnesota look like they're on fire. I mean, it, it don't look like it's getting any easier. So they I got mean, really no room for work. I think here. It,
1: it might have a chance because we do have the Raiders and the Cowboys are kind of reeling right now. And they come to Detroit. Yeah, they, so they, they do. It's, but it's, I don't know how bad the guys. Raiders
0: are anymore. I, yeah. Like you said, they, they got to win in but London. They're, they're uh, uh,
1: this is a winnable game for us. That's yeah. so what I'm saying. No,
0: all, these next few games are winnable, but they also lose. Them. And that's the thing that with the team. Lions. They could be 5-1. and one. Or they could be one and five right now. One hundred percent. Yeah, so it's like they they got no room for error now. I
1: think for Patricia though, it's like it's kind of a nonsense situation. And what some people have alluded to is like we made mistakes. One, you know, key thing to drive. One of the drives that you kind of talked about where they they either kicked the field goal or had to settle for a punt was uh, they ran the same play right. on second and three. They threw it to Nick Bolton on yeah. the out, right. and he didn't turn around. then the very next play, Kairon Johnson did turn and he caught it and tried to extend the play. He already had the, the ball in his hands. He tried to hold it one hand and dropped it, which is is also another missed call. We're not going to really, you know, harp on the refs as much. But if that ball would have stayed live and the Packers re- recovered it, they would have called it a fumble. Right, right. But because it went out of bounds, it would have been Lions ball. Was, he didn't catch it, you know what I'm saying, now all of a sudden. But it's just unfortunate to have those type of plays, too. And Like you said, Hawkinson dropped a touchdown. Kenny Galladay scored. So that was... Other times where we should have made plays ourselves and even right. shouldn't put the, the the game in the refs hands, but it was, and the refs fucked us. You know what I'm saying? And that happens when you're from Detroit.
0: So what? I mean, what's the problem with the Lions' offense right now? Because it it just seemed like nothing could get going. The
1: problem with the Lions' offense, uh, we don't got the interior beast that we need as far as, like, big maulers in the middle. Our guards are, like, I like Graham Glasgow, but they're doing a the rotating thing between him, Joe Dahl, and Kenny Wiggins. And I think there's not the same consistency or cohesion with the, the line. And, unfortunately, you know, as Austin has pointed out and we've kind of talked about a couple of times, you know, no offense to carry on I love carry on He kind of scrawny. And he don't break as many. He's
0: about 220, though.
1: Yeah, I but mean, he really lean. He is. I- I, I see sometimes, like, when he already got a little bit of space, he can break an arm tackle. But right. in the, when it's congested, he don't get through there. And it, it's tough because the line ain't really doing him no favors. And also think another bigger issue is we're still a little too predictable with our runs, and it's like everything is inside the tackles. You got, you got to give him a little space. You know what I'm saying? Bounce out, maybe a toss here. Just let him get a little bit of space, do his thing. I felt like that was the, the way we were going when we got rid of C.J. Anderson. We picked up the Paul Perkins guy who – We've now waved and got back on our practice block. We we picked up a running back from Green Bay. I don't remember. His name. I think it's Trey Carson. But I think moving forward that we were going to go a little bit more speed-based to have a lot of, you know, RPOs, you know, because Stafford can run a little bit, but, you know I'm saying, more so run pass option. But also just having a lot of stuff going to the outside for our running backs. Ty Johnson is a speedster. Uh, Paul Perkins, like I said, who we did have was a speedster. Jaden McKissick is more of a gadget player who, you know, he can run between the tackles, but he's more of a speedster. And K.I., all of his biggest runs last year, for the most part, came on outside. It was like you know, it was outside the tackle. So I think that's a bit of an issue is that we keep running those type of plays. And then as far as the pass protection, I think the same things has kind of halted us. And I, I want to, you know, get some stuff on that too eventually down the line, as you said, with our, our mock drafts and stuff. But I don't think we have a receiver who gets enough separation off the line. All of our routes take a little bit t- too long, and you got to get enough space because Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are kind of like go get the ball and possession receivers. Marvin Jones can't shake nobody. Like Kenny Galladay get a little bit of space just because he's a big guy. He kind of shove you off and then burst out of his route, but he's not a burner. Really? You know what I'm saying? Even that's, that's shown on the first play of the game last week where they had the flea flicker. A lot of other elite receivers would have scored that. Julio would have scored that. Mike Evans yeah. probably would have scored that. And I think that's more so – not knowing to, not necessarily his, his overall athleticism. Because even if, if he would have cut that back, the left side of the field would have scored. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, just right. running right in the dude's line of path. But I think that's our biggest issue. We don't really have those guys to create separation. And kind of reeling with our tight ends as well. Hockerson is kind of a little shaky right now. I think he's starting to hit that rookie wall. He's not looking bad, but he's just kind of hitting the rookie wall. And haven't seen him since like
0: the first few weeks,
1: honestly. Yeah, I mean, he kind of just like a dink and dunk kind of guy. But his yeah. hands are short. He throwing the ball, he don't got those Eric Ubron e. drops. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? He do a five and out and the nigga just drop that. Be like, damn, Brandon, why are you even around you? It's like, I don't do that.
0: Coach fans are starting to complain about Eric Ubron Yeah, e. for sure. Now. Yeah, they call him a uh, dropless palm and it all is, that type of shit.
1: I mean, he going to revert back to the same person. But I, I think moving forward, if not at the trade deadline, definitely next year's draft, I would look for us to get a burner in the, in the, the draft as a receiver. Yeah. I'm sure. Just I, And I like Marvel Hall. Marvel Hall has shown me some stuff. He's capable of running routes. He able to, to locate the ball. He don't drop shit, you know what I'm saying? Even Stafford got him for a long ride. I think it was, like, inside post, and he got, like, 50 yards off of it. But he had to locate the ball over his shoulder. So I was, you know, very appreciative and, you know, gained some respect for him in the last couple of games that we've had him. But I think that's the biggest issue right now on offense. We don't have a separation, and they're kind of the same, the same running plays. We kind of just run it too much inside the tackles.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, and they pulled up a stat on Monday night, like we throw the ball to the running backs like the fewest in the NFL. For sure. And they started to do that more, and I, you you have to do that because if the running game's not working. The short passing game has to be a hundred percent.
1: I think also too that they didn't take into account uh, our first game. The Cardinals' defense was atrocious for the first three quarters. Like Danny Amendola was wide open on his touchdown. Kenny Galladay was wide open on his touchdown. Hockinson was had like 140 yards or something like that, so he was wide open most of the game. There wasn't really a need to throw to the running back. And in the second game, by design, Tyrell Crosby started at left left tackle. Right. So they they had the running back staying at home a lot right, you know, right, for right. pass protection. I think that just kind of progressed also to where you just got behind the numbers on throwing the ball to the running backs. But I think that can move forward. Because Cairn scored like 33 yards in that charging game. If oh, I'm not mistaken. He scored on a, a, like a screen or something. I don't remember yeah, what game it yeah. was. I think it was the charging game. But... Those type of things can be adjusted, and with the guys that we have, I think they're going to move forward with that. Also, I'm not sure on what the actual projections are because Eddie McKissick got a couple of different catches. He, he's caught the ball, but we just don't have a screen going right now, and I think moving forward, that will be something you'll start to see. Uh, Matt Patricia has shown that he's pretty decent at making adjustments. The only issue or quarrel that I have with him is still time management. He's still a little shaky with knowing when to call his timeouts. Yeah, that's, that's like it's his his biggest cause, thing. Because right that's
0: now. the thing, like Caldwell would have had two or three timeouts exactly. at the end of the game. Like you can't you can't waste the timeouts like that. Yeah, so he has to. I mean, but like I said, looking around the division, I mean, like you said, the Packers on top. Like they kind of got a cushion. Kirk Cousins, he got a little bit hot, so look like their offense is starting of to the roll. They come to town this week. I really don't know how that game's gonna play out. Like I'm. Um, like, I
1: think, Shanahan's been. Participant the last two days in practice. If we get him back, I think that he can help with the pass rush, right? Because that was something that he was decently good at, and you know, Not sure, give some yeah. some 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 reps at this year. Just give a different face because a lot of the tackles on the inside that we have, and we move people around. A lot of guys we have on the inside are more known for run stopping, right. which hopefully Snacks Harrison can regain form soon. Right, right. He didn't come in for most of the you know camp. And he missed out on some things. And I think it's kind of hampering him a lot right now. But hopefully, moving forward, he can kind of get into the groove of things. A shine has been holding stuff down pretty good. Right. But uh, if we can get the right things going with that, I think we should be good. Because I think this is a game that bodes well for us. Terry Cousins is not a league quarterback. In no form of standard He's or not? Order. And this year, we have cornerbacks who are capable of keeping up with that man. We don't have Neville Lonson.
0: Uh, man, I, I'm not gonna. Melvin out. is
1: is tough, but yeah. it depends on who he's checking.
0: And even though Coleman caught the pick, man, they he let some dude I don't know, whatever my man's name is, he caught two big balls and I, he started the ball like Yeah, but he
1: also the the thing that I kinda have a problem with on that is like he's six six. Justin Coleman is like five ten. And the, the the touchdown that he scored, A wasn't a touchdown, he's down on the one yard line. And B... That was just a perfect throw pass.
0: Perfect pass. But it was another... I think it might have been Melville who got stacked. Got, just yeah. got stacked up yeah. real bad on the, on the route. I don't know, man. I, I so accept. Slay...
1: Slay... And if Diggs comes back, Slay, Coleman, Diggs, and Tracy Walker, I believe in them. And... Hopefully
0: Ooh, Speaking of somebody getting burnt, god damn. Hey, that's
1: somebody I want, KJ Hamler, he's Yeah, yeah, Ultra oh, Lake, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get him next year. Yeah,
0: hopefully, man. He just burnt. We Ooh. need a
1: couple of guys like that not on our organization. Yeah, yeah. But I, just, I definitely cool. think moving forward, if Tavaq can get, get out there a little bit more, I like what I've seen from that rookie, man. People didn't really appreciate the pick. I didn't know much about him coming out of Hawaii. It seemed like a reach. Jay Davis is still... A little untrustworthy. You like him as a leader. You see that he's pumped up and he's engaged. Does not always make the right play. And it's still kind of coming back to bite us in the butt. But I still think there's hope. He's not terrible, completely terrible.
0: No, he's not. But I just think this season, they, they're behind. He had no room for error. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I don't know if that Bears game is a for sure win. Like, I, I, just, don't, I just don't know. I 100%. can't look at Tampa Bay, even though James has turned the ball, your cousin has turned the ball over at a high rate. They still can put up points. For sure. And so it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle. It's gonna be a struggle. So I think
1: the biggest thing though from the Lions this year that we've seen that they're they're resilient. And it's not just Stafford. Like a lot of years we would see those those games where the Lions would be down and you kinda just knew they were a fourth quarter team, but in reality it was just Stafford. Like he just would show his ass in the fourth. Like, all right, look, I'm I'm gunning this bitch. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. No matter what, what happens, if I gotta throw it to Calvin five times straight and put it on numbers, I'm gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? If it's gotta be a tight window, I'm gonna do that. But now it just seems like, you know, like we've seen in the, the San Diego game, Tavai punched the ball out on the goal line. Slay made the big pick after kind of getting picked on by Kenny Allen the whole game. Outside of the the, the Cardinals game, every game we've shown that we can be resilient. The Eagles game, they, they had kind of pushed down the field, you know what I'm saying, even with the Chiefs. Like I said, we had them fourth and eight on that last, last drive. They just had like a mental error, somebody kind of. Went too much into the game plan and didn't spy as well as they should because they didn't want to get beat. and That's an unfortunate situation. And even last week, we came down and we kind of fought, you know what I'm saying, after not really scoring as much. But they did fight on defense until, you know what I'm saying, Lazard did start to get hot. And he, he realized that if I just run this route correctly, Aaron Rodgers going to put the ball where I need it.
0: You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they, they, field, they, they showed a lot
1: of fight on defense as well. And I, I appreciate that from this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I – I, I still don't know man and um, like I said looking at the rest of the NFL um, my fantasy team got kind of fucked up Thursday with Pat Mahomes got uh, got hurt I don't get that it's fourth and one you should have just hung handed off he already has a bruised ankle it's October in Denver <laughs> like and you were already up so I, I I didn't get that like that was definitely a, a questionable call but He's out. He might be out for a few weeks. I'm hearing like a uh, with like a kneecap. Yeah, dislocated, dislocated kneecap. So uh, that was that was tough to watch. Uh, Denver is just a just a joke. They'll be drafting uh, earlier uh, sure. this year. Um, let's see some of the games this weekend. Um, NFL games. Like I say off the top. Like I said, Raiders and Packers. That's gonna be a big game. Um, we'll see. The Raiders might be able to pull it off. I don't know uh, Rams and Falcons, two teams that's in desperate need. The Rams picked up Ramsey for two first round picks and a fourth, and a fourth. And listen, they got to spend money because they got that five billion dollar stadium coming, so they they got to put some entertainment in that arena. I just think it's a little bit too late right now for the for the Ramsey pick. Uh, I think
1: the team dynamic is just kind of down the drain. They don't got the same squad. Once we've seen Jared Goff get exposed and Cooper Cup had a lot to do with that going down for injury, um, the whole team just looked shaky. Also, Todd Gurley's injury or the hampered continuous injuries kind of just stacked on top of each other. They don't have the same flair, it's mm-hmm. not the same pop. They kind of look like a rejuvenation of uh, what was it? The, the, what was Kurt Warner and Isaac Holt and Marshall Falk
0: called? What the best thing on turf? Yeah, uh, yeah. They had, they they had, they had a,
1: a feel of that yeah, coming right. back. And now I just don't feel like that no more. It's kind of like the air has been sucked out of the team, and You know, bringing in a Jalen Ramsey will be good. You hope that he can kind of be like what Deion Sanders was back in the, the, the 90s to where he kind of just floated around and he was able to bring up a team, you know, through his swagger. And he don't he do not do like the, the punt return stuff, which I think Jalen Ramsey could, but, you know, he, a lot of players don't play like that no more, but – Hopefully, he can lock in and take away a guy, a team's best receiver, to the point where the rest of the defense plays better. Well,
0: it's funny you say that because uh, they've been doing the NFL 100 year tables and shit. Mm-hmm. And so they had like the tight end table, the running back table, they had the DB table. And so when they asked Daryl Green and Deion Sanders, like who was the best cornerback, they were still saying names like Patrick Peterson. And they were just saying for the simple fact that he guards number one, he's been guard number one since he came in. And that he can do, like, the other specialty. Yeah,
1: for And
0: sure. they were just saying that a lot of other DBs, they don't do it. And Daryl Green, in particular, he was like, I really don't see nobody. And, I mean, I'm at the point like I think Ramsey can make a difference. But I don't know how big of a difference this late in the season. Maybe if he was, if he was started with an old training camp, I think he could have made a, a, a difference. But I don't know if the biggest problem with the Rams is cornerback. I think they got bigger holes and no, for sure. things to, to I know, think that field. that was just
1: a splash that they can make. Like you said, they got a stadium coming. The, a TV to Taleb got hurt you know, so right? They they to leave did get hurt, and they, they realized they can make an upgrade and get rid of Marcus Peters. So I feel like they just realized that was a splash that they can make. In a Rams situation, you've got players to where. In their mind, they can filter through their system and hopefully will play better down the line. Like I said, if a guy like Jalen Ramsey can bring that impact. But like you said, uh, I, I saw certain segments of that that you were talking about. I didn't see that portion. Uh, it was more like a Hammond section that I seen where like. They were just talking about guys influencing each other. Right, right. But uh, I do think that, you know, kind of like I said, a lot of people don't play extra positions or like you see in Jamal Agnew on offense. And Patrick Peterson has played wide receiver in the NFL before. You don't see that as much with those guys taking away the same skill. And I do think it's been a, a drought on that true number one guy since Patrick Peterson and Darrell Reeves were around. It was like, oh, this guy is, like you say, he shadows. He plays the the whole field. And to some degree, it feels like he takes somebody away from the whole game. Even a Stefan Gilmore and a Zellen Ramsey and um Darius Slate, those primarily, I would say, are like the three bigger names that I think like, consistently get that same admiration and respect. Now, Slate gets... Like, knocked a little bit. People don't give him the same respect. But I think those three are among the right crowd. they're right, like, the they, they top, they top of the Yeah, top so of the I, even with those three, I see too many big games from receivers on them. You know what I'm saying? Even like, like Slade will say, he was containing Kenya Allen that game. But he, I ain't supposed to see no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? You're the, he's the, the guy. I ain't supposed to see no shit like that to where a dude who – Kenya Allen not taking anything away from
0: him. He is not top five receivers in the league. And he definitely speed wise, but he, um, not in the speed wise, he's not that fast, but exactly. he, he just know how to run routes. And, he can, and he can that's catch. the thing
1: where if, if Slay is hampered by injury, okay, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I didn't see Deion Sanders get dealt like that ever. No. Like you, like you can't pull him no footage like that. No. You can't pull him no footage of Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, you know what I'm saying? Any of those guys back in the day, Arnez Williams, any of those guys back, or Arenas Williams, any of those guys back in the day getting dealt like that. And it's, it's just a new day. It's a new era. Shit. I actually trade, Black get like that, to be quite honest.
0: Nah, 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 nah not not Al Harris, like that. the
1: dudes that played in Green Bay, they were not getting dealt like that. So, it's, it's, it's tough to see that now. And I think, unfortunately, we start to see the downplay of what the cornerback is because they get so much help with these zones that they're playing today. Yeah,
0: and that's a, the, the zones, then the rule changes. Yeah. Like, you know, even though Deion and Daryl didn't really do it, but you can beat up on For sure. receivers they, back then. You can keep your hands on them and... And just, just in the
1: game on the where you, you start to see the whole breakdown of what people were allowed to do like the hands in the face all of those things that weren't called as much so the quarterback was getting a lot more pressure and then also knowing that he couldn't put balls in certain places because he's gonna get a receiver killed you can't do that now oh you okay. got defenseless you know receivers to where they got rules for this to where the quarterback just throw that bitch across the middle and no can nobody touch him for real. Yeah. And ain't nobody going to touch me. They wouldn't dare touch me, so I'm good. You yeah. know, where Trey Aikman and, you know, all these players, all the quarterbacks, Brent Favre and Steve Young, they had to worry about their knees getting chopped down or, you know, saying somebody mangling them in the face and all these different things that, you know, you get thrown out the NFL down there if you do this. Yeah. So yeah. You, it's just a different game, too. But it is unfortunate to see that getting dumbed down so much.
0: So we got, uh, like I said, 49ers, Washington. I think we all know that. uh, Texans-Colts, that's going to be a competitive game. Um, they said Viking Lions, we talked about that. Bengals and Jags, awful game. That shouldn't be on nobody's TV, nobody's radar. Cardinals and Giants is interesting. Battle of the rookies. Um, I just think Kyle Murray just in his own right now. they kind of rolling. I think Daniel Jones, he had a few good weeks, and then it's, it started to figure out. But that, that should be a good game because the Cardinals defense is not that good. Um, we got the Dolphins, Bills. probably the Bills, Titans, Chargers. Two teams are struggling right now. That need a win. Uh, Ravens, seal It's some pretty some good games tomorrow. Tomorrow's a good day. Eagles, Cowboys. So the Cowboys are looking like jokes. Um, they had a they played some bad teams earlier in the year and they they won and now they're struggling against the competition. Um, last week was just bad. Uh, it just looked like Jason Garrett's second. You know, I don't even. I can't even blame Jason Garrett. Because we we don't give Jason Garrett credit when they win, for sure. so I, I can't blame him for the loss. Like it just looked like they second guessing themselves. Jerry Jones called him out that one time when he went on uh, fourth and one and he like punted the ball or kicked the field goal and he said he should have went for it. So not every fourth and one he going for it, and that was the mistake he made in, in the first half. They lost to the Jets, a struggling Jets team, even though Sam Darnold came back and he he looked look good like Dan Marino, but uh, no, they they should have they should have performed better than that. And and I think the whole team look. is
1: kind of just, like, losing faith. And I know, I, I, I think around the league, the talent is kind of starting to see, or the t- the teams are starting to see, it. the talent really isn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got a decent linebacking core. I don't know if Sean Lee is still playing, but I like Jalen Smith and, and Vaden or Vanderbosch or whatever it's is. Yeah, Vanderbosch, yeah. But he's, he's pretty talented. They got some decent. He's not playing as good as good yeah, line, he is last year, though. He isn't. Also, DeMarcus Lawrence isn't as talented no, as he was. No, uh, he different pieces the cornerbacks. Uh, Byron Jones doesn't look the same. You know, unfortunately, Jordan Lewis doesn't look the same. He's only playing like nickel and slot sometimes, so he isn't on the field the whole way. But the guy that they got playing over him, Wozie, he's not looking the same. So the whole defense looks shaky, and I think that's starting to play a bigger part. And also we see the coming back, to earth of Dak Prescott. They had a huge praise for Kellen Moore, like you said, earlier in the year. You know, he looked like a mastermind. He was next up for all these different accolades. And, and different roles and positions that he could potentially get down the line, but all that stuff is starting to come to earth. and Zeke isn't being Zeke right now, and they don't kind of have the same talent on the outside. Jason Witness slow as fuck, old as fuck. You know what I'm saying? But he's still shorthanded. He gets you there, and you get his 15. They got to go down, and you're gonna get tackled. But it's just not enough weapons, and it's starting to seem like the teams around them—the Packers, the Seahawks, the the Eagles—even you know what I'm saying—those upper echelon teams in the East, even the Rams to some degree, the Lions hell. All of these teams start to kind of look like, you know what, we got a little bit more than the Cowboys. It's starting to look like it's the season is breaking down. They don't really have a talent threshold that we thought they did. And it's coming at a bad time for them. And you're going to need a Zeke Elliott to, to wake up. Somebody got to wake up.
0: Yeah, it's coming kind of a bad time for Dak too because he sure. didn't get paid. And it looks like Jerry Jones. Uh, He's standing pat on that. He's standing pat on that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pay him. He's going to, have to show me. But it's, it's a lot of good. Ravens Seahawks is a good game. That's the afternoon game. That's going to be very good. Saints-Bears, good game. How is Eagles,
1: Jabari not playing.
0: No, oh, are not. Mm-mm. Oh man, that, hey, the Bears got a chance there. I mean, Eagles, Cowboys. That's that's gonna be a good night game. Two teams desperate for a win. Um, they yeah, they the Eagles got blew out last week, and you got Patriots, Jets, which I I think we all know how that's gonna end. But I I think it's gonna be a good weekend of uh, NFL, NFL. We have to put together like a football guy a week in the morning, uh, real quick, and everybody wins and stuff, yeah. so uh, we can uh, we can get that going.
1: So, let's get into the... I actually wanted to to, to harp on the NFL a little bit longer because there was something you just said that kind of reminded me of something I wanted to talk about. Right. So, we've seen in the last couple of years, first and foremost, I don't think there's no starting left, left-handed left quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think it's none at all down there because there was like mm. reports about it. And I think the last time a left-handed quarterback threw a touchdown was like five years ago or some shit like that, wow. something crazy. But... You know, not to go all into race, but right now we are seeing the transition of some black quarterbacks. A lot. Downward, uh, Well. And it's something that I wanted to speak on specifically. Do you think we're starting to see, and Mariota's not black, but he's of color. Yeah. We're starting to see a downward transition for Cam Newton, Jameis, Mariota, and Dak Prescott.
0: I don't. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because the un, un, uh, uninterrupted, they did something like that. They had like a round table, pretty much. They had uh, E.J. Manuel was there. They had Warren Moon. Um, they had Dobbs there. And they were talking about, like I said, the black quarterback experience and the growth of it. Seeing a quarter a, a decent or lower-level black quarterback be in the NFL is a good thing because for a long time we didn't see that. For sure. If you weren't the elite guy or had elite talent, you, you had to move in different positions. <laughs> and you will see a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who just bounce around and stuff like that. And one thing Max Kellerman says, like, who is the black Ryan Fitzpatrick? Who is the the black Rex Grossman? They're like that. Like you can see these guys, every like black quarterback had to be super special to start on winning. And, win it. and not now nah, it's not the case. It's like, no, nah, you can be a good quarterback or you can be on a downhill. Let's start with Cam. I think Cam has just been beat up. He's just been beat up. I think he's been injured. I think he probably should stop the rest of the season. South the rest of the season. If they start losing some games, then you can get in. But I think Cam, he really needs to. Uh, he needs to take a break. So he's been. He's been. be done. You down. have
1: to speak on it right now. Right. Moving forward, do you think we'll ever see Cam Newton regain form?
0: Yes, I, I. I think it's gonna take. I think next year he can, but it's gonna take a full. Cause he was injured going into the season. Yeah. He had a shoulder surgery. His foot, and ankle, always been bothered. I know he had like some knee problems and shit like that. It's like three years
1: straight. He been hurt. He been hurt.
0: He needs to. He needs to. Sit out for a season, come back healthy. I think next year he'd be better. I don't know if he'd be with Carolina next year because this is, like, the last year of his deal or something like that so they can get out of it. But he's going to be okay. Jameis has a coach now. Now, he needs, like, some goggles or, like, some, uh, some fucking contacts or something because he's turning the ball over at a high rate. But when he's on, he's on. Like I he has one of the best arms in the league, but it's just like he turns the ball over. And so I, I think he has some some chance of uh, some chance of success. Uh, who who else did you say? Uh, Dak and Marriott. Dak. So Dak, listen, Dak has as much shit as we talk about Dak. Like he, he's won playoff games. He's been to the playoffs. He's been competitive. I don't blame everything on him because he has a young offensive coordinator. He has Jason Garrett, who was just Coach Clapp. And he's been put in a situation where he has done well. And he should have sat out. He should have held out and got the money. He was being a company guy. I don't think Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback. Now, is he playing bad as far? Yes, he's been missing some throws. He's been throwing a lot of balls behind. But I think he's a good quarterback and I think he's I think he's gonna have a successful career as long as he stays with the Cowboys. Um who else was your name? Mariota. It was not I think Mariota is I've seen enough of Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. He don't take enough chances. He plays scared. That's not the guy that I've seen in Oregon. I, he, I mean, he could be, like I said, decent, decent lower tier quarterback. He will never be elite, and I just I've seen enough of him. I wouldn't want him on my uh, on my team.
1: Okay, so kind of piggybacking off that, some of the guys that's filled in roles this year. Do you think we're seeing the rise of any of those guys, the Kyle Allen's and the Mason Rudolph's? Those people are kinda of
0: filling in. The Jacksonville, what's the name? Gus Gardner yeah, Garner, Garner Mitchell. Mitchell. I think he's 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 done okay. I think he can be somebody. Kyle Allen, I still haven't seen like the defense been playing so well. I have to see him win a game. You know what I'm saying? It's been a team effort. He's he's been doing his job, but I have to see him uh win a game. Rudolph, that's an interesting one. Because I think it's time for Big Ben. He needs to retire. Mm-hmm. He took a beating throughout his whole life, all type of injuries, the motorcycle accident Everything has been going through, I think he probably needs to take a step away from the game. But Mason Rudolph has played better than what I expected. Um, I can't think of <laughs> – Matt Moore came in and even threw like a ball or two and, and looked okay. So, I mean, it's been a few guys. I think Mason Rudolph, Rudolph out of all the guys, would be be the one to probably stick around.
1: Okay. So, I, I guess we can kind of move forward past football. That's pretty much most of the things, unless you have some fantasy stuff that you want to talk about. Nothing kind too of much. A late.
0: Yeah, a little late now, so we could we get I'll post some fancy shit up on the um on the Twitter page and okay. shit. Okay.
1: Um in basketball I think we can kinda just jump right in. You know, we we piggybacking off of last week. We spoke about it a little bit, you know, but the China thing is still wearing his head right now and unfortunately it's transitioned from being Daryl Morris to the 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 evil face, which he was more so being painted as, you know, he shouldn't really been looked at that way. But now the backlash is going to the Kings, going to the Chosen,
0: Le- 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 LeBron James. He looked bad in the media session. I'm not going. to – The media session did look very bad. He definitely wasn't wasn't prepped for it. You can't say that somebody's misinformed and then not informed is what he's misinformed on. But one of his tweets, the, I think the the second tweet they tweeted out, I agreed with. Like, look, Daryl Morey. I'm not saying that he should have sent the tweet the next week. We were all over there. You did put us in, in danger. I did want, I do want to make it back home. But I think the the right thing and then on the next day LeBron started talking about it, it just got worse. Like we put on the dancing suits and start backtracking just made it worse. What he should have just said is listen, I'm for freedom and democracy everywhere. And that that could have ended right there. But uh yeah, the backlash backlash comes when you when you dance around the subject. Or you could have easily said no comment. But he he's been so outspoken on everything that everybody was waiting to see what he said. But I think he had to be careful. The Space Jam's coming out. That's the Nike awesome. deal and shit like that. Do you so,
1: think that this can be a true defining chink in LeBron's armor? And take your subjectiveness out of it. Take Orlando out of it. Right, right. Just think about it on a personal level. Because you got to understand... LeBron and this is horrible timing. LeBron yeah, James right. literally just dropped a line of Nike endorsed slash uninterrupted clothing that says more than athlete. Yeah. At yeah. the same exact time. Yeah. And he Space Jam is coming out. He's been the outspoken person. He's been on the front line for right. these things. This could be the chink in his armor that they've been waiting on. And by the we we don't have to say specifically who he but just they anybody who wants to use this against him. Because now he's shown himself in some standards, or you could take it however you wanted to be subjectively as hypocritical, right? At at the at the larger scale, and also on a bigger side, one of the things that we've seen with the Jay Z situation, mm-hmm. we haven't all heard no more stories about Jay Z within a fairly. I comment
0: that Super Bowl like Jay Z yeah. signed him for Shakira. What, what's what's some going bullshit. on? Yeah,
1: but <laughs> you know nobody knows that, and it's also kind of looking like the same thing with LeBron to some degree because, and and one one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about too. Adam Silver is staying Pat that he ain't doing shit to Daryl Morey. Yeah, he's you made can't. that statement multiple times and he seemed like he really don't give a fuck about China. Right. Like He wanted to make sure everybody got home and he did continue those games because he didn't want to fuck up any situation further. But he ain't came on and nobody's ass. He ain't right. made no statements. He ain't said nothing to take nothing back or nothing in support of what seems to be like a regime just kind of trying to control the statements. LeBron James looked like it. He looked like he's backtracking for that money. And I just want to know if you really believe now we can start to see the demise of his Golden Boy
0: image from this. I, I'm not going to say... Well, look, and I'm speaking subject. The thing that made Ali different from everybody, he didn't give a fuck about endorsement deals. 100%. He spoke out not only about stuff in America, not only about stuff in <laughs> Vietnam, but stuff that happened in the Middle East, stuff that had happened in China. He he spoke out all the time and was made a leader. It's Now LeBron's seeing how difficult that is when you are a part of a brand and when you do... How was in the, jail? Yeah, that's he's it. Prison. He's a, he's a prison. Like like you said, he took that he took that stand. And I don't think LeBron was ready to take that stand. And I think at the end of the day, he's a capitalist. And he, he wants to capitalize and, and make as much money as he can. And he he needs China in order to do that, so he, he's been walking carefully. I
1: think even on a bigger scale, LeBron James seems seeing the plummet of what could be his legacy. He realizes now this going to fuck up the salary count. Like, I could lose the opportunity to have an athlete Davis on my team or all the, something else that could make an issue for us as far as winning championships. I don't think he wanted that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of other players probably don't want that either. And I think he thought he was moving to the best interest of the NBA in some degree to that regard. But it was just such, like you said, it, it was for somebody of his stature that's been the person that he has been politically, like I said, horrible timing, to drop something more than an athlete. It just was bad timing for him to make a statement at all. Now, in one instance, and I kind of said this and a some degree it's ignorant, you could just say that China does not matter to LeBron James. And that's not like I said it. It comes off as ignorant. But I mean in a, in a day-to-day standard, it's not something that's like in LeBron James' foresight. As as in LeBron James having two teenage black sons and knowing that this you know what I'm saying the racial divide in America is an issue that he has to speak out about.
0: Well, he kind of said that in a, well, the second day of the media. But so. it was too late. It, yeah, it was too late. <laughs> like I said, he, he, the first time he fucked up, <laughs> and he, he tried to say like, "Look, I mean, I speak out. I, I mean, you can't speak out on everything and stuff you don't know." But. And it's
1: it's that's like you know just saying I'm not a bad person, but unfortunately, I wish these people the best in all terms, but. That's not like I said in my viewpoint. Every right. day, I have to speak out on police
0: brutality. Like right. he, he got two
1: teenage black kids.
0: But my this is, is his life. He had ten days to yeah, prepare himself. He came out as hell. He played himself. Yeah, he, he came out ten days to prepare himself to, for the answer. He was in China, so he kind of saw what was going on. But you, and that would have been a bad. If even came, but I don't care about. Well, you do care about China because you got a lot <laughs> of money in, and stuff endorsed in it. I think people look. I've and what I, I the
1: saying that just to the standpoint, like you said, the second day came out and said, like, you can't really speak on everything because you're not – the one thing that I never had an issue with any NBA player said, I'm not informed on this because they're not. This is not their life, and it's not to say, oh, like, I don't care. You don't know if all these dudes watch CNN all day or anything like that. Like, it's some things just so big – that you know that they start to threaten the United States, like you start to see things like ISIS and things like that. So people know what's going on in the Middle East, like they know that type of stuff. We like, oh shit, this happening. This could come back to American doorstep. The right. stuff that's going on in China, never really gonna push back to us like that.
0: I'm not gonna say that, and the reason why I'm not gonna say that is because, like you said, going to the Caribbean, China is a huge power. They're For buying sure. up, like you said, they're buying up a lot of land down there. They made a freeway in Jamaica. They they putting a flag everywhere, even in Africa. They've buying up Africa, they're, they're building up resorts. They are they are a huge power. And but like you said, you can say you don't know about the day-to-day yeah, life sure. or like political, but the thing is Hong Kong and China are separate governments. And like China's doing every place else. Like I said, just to inform people, they're, you know, they putting their flag down and they they want to push their way of life onto it. A lot of people in protest in Hong Kong don't want that. I think the best thing for him to say would have been, I support freedom and democracy, just like it is over in America. I don't think nobody in China could have got mad at him for that. The protesters definitely wouldn't have been mad burning his jersey, and he would have passed through everything, and it would have went with the more than an athlete. athlete. When you come out stumbling and saying somebody missing the form, then backtracking, backtracking day after day, it make it look worse. And it now just, I, I think he said like something, like, he, he something like "Now he something he's not talking about China no more or something like that. So,
1: Man. I mean, like I said, this made it seem like he was there more as a scapegoat. Which was something that Adam Silver was not yeah. willing to do. And, it, and like I said, it's look like everybody who knows me or has listened to the podcast or known me for more than a decade knows I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. I appreciate the stuff he does in the community, I, I appreciate him as a person, you know what I'm saying? But for this, I know that this could be the thing that people to hate him right. or dislike him could use this all right, this is you've painted yourself one way and now you've shown me something different. Right, right. And it's as minuscule or small as it might seem because he didn't come out and say I'm a bad person or fuck China or nothing. He just he he stumbled. And that's all it can take sometimes. Yeah and we've we've had those conversations with presidencies. Like people come back to the debate all the time where Donald Trump will do something like, well Barack Obama couldn't did none of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? He no, wouldn't even not. made it to the the final you know what I'm saying voting stands. No, and, and if anything, these things would have came out it's like, that's the kind of standard, unfortunately, that people in our situation are held to. You know what I'm saying? People are cutting their heels to. So, for a player like LeBron James, to be that person, like, I do know you stumble, bro. You know what I'm saying? i seen this. Right. You can't take this shit back. And like you said, for it to come back the second day and it sounded a little bit better, it's like, it's too late, though. Yeah. Like, they already got their eyes on you. This yeah. shit is here now. You know what I'm saying? And now, they this could be the chicken armor to where it's like, the rest of your shit ain't gonna hold this much weight the next time you say something, are people going to stand on it like they're not necessarily black people because they're kind of going to be behind you regardless, but is the rest of the world going to stand on it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's hard to really decide and decipher, but I think this was a big moment regardless, yeah. you know what I'm saying, of of of... How lightly people can think words are his his fumble statements might might play a way bigger part than people understand right now.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it'll blow over as the season goes on. Like I said that um the Monday night game, even Mark Jackson said like hey, I was I was disappointed in what LeBron said. But on the court, I mean, I didn't know Anthony Davis be back and um that, that quickly. And they, they definitely like a force, man. For sure. Yeah, so they they definitely like a force. Um I had like the top eight teams that uh that I had going to the to the playoffs from the Western Conference. So we might as well just just get into uh get into everything. So I did have the Clippers number one. I still got the Clippers number one just to finish out the, the season. Um I, I think they'll have a better regular season than the uh than the Lakers. Um I, I see a lot of time management, a uh, low management, um, coming off and um I think the Clippers are going to be more in tune. They they both have deep rosters, but I think they're going to take the approach to the regular season a lot more serious. Um, I probably got the Lakers at uh, at number two. Uh, the tweet just it, it wouldn't pull back up, but yeah, probably got the Lakers back at uh, at number two. I had the Warriors in the playoffs. I had them later. Houston um, is looking like a problem in the preseason, and so Jalen Rose kind of says something like they look like it looked like James Harden is playing like Russell Westbrook is not even there. Like he hasn't really adjusted to playing with Russell Westbrook. He's taking a lot of shots and they both don't look comfortable like said with the ball and setting up the offense. How how do you feel about
1: it? Uh I mean to be honest, I never was really huge on that. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of people are like extreme Jazz Harden fans. But I just see something in the man, you know, in my opinion on just talking about sports in general, but especially basketball. I'm big on the eye test. and Not necessarily just your skill and talent, but also your heart and will. And intelligence and IQ are things that can show in that as well. With Russell Westbrook, I remember specifically an interview from like six years ago. He talked about not watching film. He didn't watch basketball. And that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it also made a lot of sense to where at the end of games, we would see Kevin Durant smacking his hands to get the ball. Russell Westbrook would just wildly run into the paint. And it made sense to where his IQ wasn't there. And I understand that Russell Westbrook is, is as far as an athlete and a competitor, he's one of the greatest, you know what I'm saying? He literally fights you on the court. But if you don't have an IQ to understand space and, and when to do certain things, things just won't work. And even on a large scale with that, for James Harden, this move that James Harden has been practicing, this one-legged step thing, is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen a player do. It makes no logical sense. It will literally have no impact on the game. You know what I'm saying? For him to break that, it's like Jamar Crawford doing that, that special behind the back that he do on the, on fast breaks, that layup. It's like that's a cool move, but I think like Kobe Bryant has said several times and like Gilbert Rennes has said several times, why are you dribbling so much? Why are you trying to do this one special move in practice? You're taking away reps from just making threes. James okay. so Harden had like the highest percentage of contested made threes last year that I think there's ever been in history. He shot like 43% on contested threes. Some niggas were shooting like 40 like good three-point shooters were shooting 40% on open threes. Right, right. So he had a tremendous season from a shooting aspect, but it's like, why do you have to keep adding all these crazy aspects to your game? The step backs aren't enough. You're already kind of getting away with traveling to some degree. Why are you shooting this one-legged three, taking away reps from other parts of your game where it just makes no sense to where you can only bust this out once or twice in a game? You're probably not going to make all of them, so it's pointless. Yeah. And like, it's not going to add an extra six points to your average. Like It's not going to make a big enough impact for you to waste your time doing that shit. And it's something he's actually tried. I think he kind of went away from it. But to me, it just shows a bigger scale that he got too many other things on his mind that's not winning related. Sure. You know what I'm saying? To where you see, even though he came out with the narrative that the the media pushed the narrative that Giannis win MVP. And it's like, the stupidest thing to me that he came out and said was, like, the stuff that I was doing last year was historic. The stuff that Giannis was doing was historic. It's just a different type of history. Everything that he did had never been done before. It's just not what on, you were on, doing. on
0: both sides of the ball, too. 100%. Yeah.
1: But, you know, for me, that was just idiotic for him to say that, where it's like everything I'm doing historic. Just because it's historic in your lane as a shooting guard and some of the things that you've done, They literally every night Giannis was doing something like, oh, this has never been done before. This hasn't been done in 20 years. This hasn't been. It's like just because it's different. Or the names is coming up like Hakeem Olajuwon and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Devin Robinson, all these bigger dudes. Don't change his history. He's still making history. Right. And he won the MVP. And I think that he kind of was just fed up with that. And they've literally catered to this dude's ego for four years now. You'll hear so many people saying, oh, yeah, James Harden should this so many MVPs or this, that, and the third. And it's like, why don't only have them? They literally came with a whole award show by the players just so they can vote him MVP down there because people was fed up. I just don't get it to where we've literally seen the the reason why James Harden lost I me. Mean, he played against the Spurs and I think that was 2016 or 2015. Kawhi Leonard was out.
0: Yeah, he lost. He lost yeah, to yeah. Manu Ginobili yeah. and he went
1: to the strip club right after the game. I can't support that.
0: No, like you
1: see players now, we've seen footage of Jalen Hurts in the in the, the 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 field house working out right after the game. You see, know, just score six touchdowns, working right after the game. We see different players on the bikes. at Kyle Hart stayed in the gym for two hours after he ain't make some shots. You know what I'm saying? I can't support you. Why are you going to a strip club? Do you not care? Are you not angry? James Harden look fat as shit right now. Like he look out of shape as hell. What are you doing with yourself? And I, for me, I just think that's tough to really support. To where I think he could be another case in Mello. Mello was my guy. I love Mello. You don't progress as a player, you're not gonna win.
0: Right. No, I I, I agree. I agree. Like I said, I got the the list up that I had. And this is before I knew Anthony Davis would play, would be out. But I had Clippers 1, I had Denver 2, just because they said they're bringing everybody back and fighting. Had Spurs 3, Lakers 4, Jazz 5, Rockets 6, Warriors 7, Trailblazers 8 for the Western Conference.
1: Mm. I would disagree on the Spurs.
0: You don't think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs? I don't
1: think they're that high. You had them three,
0: right? I had them three. Well, they got Murray back, right? Yeah, but. I- and they, like I said, they play definitely regular season. I think they, like I said, I would probably, not just the Lakers, I would probably replace them with the Lakers and move I that don't up. I think the but- Spurs
1: would have a better season than the Jazz.
0: I mean, that's possible. That's I mean, every. Like, like, you think about last year, every, like, one through, well, no, two through, like, eight was, like, only, like, two or three games yeah. separated. So, yeah, that, that definitely could I happen. I think that
1: um, there would be some cohesion problems with the Spurs, as oddly as that sounds, because they got a lot of people to play the same position. Yeah. And uh, I think that the talent is just kind of funny right now. The Marcus Aldridge is getting a little older, but he's not really, like, a a dominant force anymore. You right. know what I'm saying? Not at the forefront of the, of the NBA, what we see nowadays. DeMar DeRozan as well. He's kind of fell to the back burner, you know what I'm saying, since LeBron kind of, you know what I'm saying, took his identity and mentally kind of fucked him over. Right. But uh, they got a lot of young talent, and you still got like the Bellinelli's, and I think they picked up DeMar Carroll, and uh, Patty Mills is still there. But outside of that, they got like five shooting guards. You know, and I like Lonnie Walker, I like Kilda Johnson, I like Derek White, I like Brent Forbes, you know, as an East Lansing kid. Uh a couple other guys on that team. It just seemed like everybody played the same position. And nobody's really dominant at it. You know so i like DeJounte Murray. I think he's gonna be a hell of a talent. You know, defensively he's amazing. Yeah. And offensively he you know how to run the show. And he he got a little bit more to his game than people really realize. But I just think they like a couple years out.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I still, I just think regular season rods with with Popovich and everybody playing hard. I, I just, I think they have a good regular 100%. season. Hundred percent. It's I, a possibility. Now they can lose definitely in the, in the first round, second round, or depending on who they match up with. I mean, but, realistically,
1: yeah. to me, given the talent differential, I'll say this: the only three teams. Are only two teams, I think, can sustain all injuries or injuries and still make the playoffs. So, are basically, in my, my virtual locks to make the playoffs on the West are the Nuggets and the Clippers. I don't think any other team is a lock. And, obviously, that's, like, a very loose statement because that's only two out of eight. No, but, no, but that's – I I, 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 get I don't what you're I don't think saying. any other teams in the Western Conference can Can afford even an say, injury. Even, you know, because like, – that's just a part of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, right now, we're just uh, dislocated some fingers. There was a scare with Anthony Davis. Even if you want to adjust and add teams like the Pelicans and Mavericks. though so, yeah. The Western Conference, realistically, like I said, there's about, like, 10 teams. 10, you know what I'm saying? Outside of the, the fucking Suns, realistically, and the Timberwolves. Anybody else you think pretty much got yeah, a fighting shot yeah, right. at making it? Or the Memphis Grizzlies, too. But they have a young, talented team. If something happens, we they don't have, know what to they fun They're going to a fun team
0: to, to watch. No, but sure.
1: any of those other teams being the Warriors who are already down a man. Uh, the Rockets, like I said, they lose somebody. James Harden has been a one-man show before. But outside of the the Nuggets who, they, they literally can go 13 deep. Everybody on their team, I feel like, can be a starter somewhere else. And then the Clippers as well who offset as long as Paul George and Kawhi are both not hurt. And even in that manner, I still think they got enough talent to, to win a couple of games to where they won't be you know, too far out of position. But the Lakers, without either LeBron James or Anthony Davis, will go on a slump. Yeah. It's just, you know, because Anthony Davis has not proven to be a player that can carry his team by himself, unfortunately. He's, as talented as he is, you know what I'm saying? And the same thing with LeBron James. I think at this age, he's just too old for him to be exerting himself in that manner. Uh, the same thing with the Spurs. They, they could be a lot closer to that Nuggets if those guys take that jump. If some of those people that I mentioned take that leap, and are a little bit more talented. I, meant, I forgot to mention Rudy Gay as well, who's still there. But if some of those guys take that jump, then it could be you know, closer to that. But the West is just so tough to call. And there's still other moves to be made, still trades they could possibly have. It. So we don't really know right now for sure. But I have no issues with that. I think that I have a little bit more faith in the Mavericks than most people. But I think the Mavericks have like a really good shot of making it to the playoffs. Obviously, we have to see Porzingis be consistent. Like right now, people have kind of talked about it. He's shown flashes, he's made deep threes, he's he's shown that his athleticism is there a little bit. But his shooting percentages are horrible. He's shooting like thirty nine percent from the field and thirty two or 29% 20, from the three point line. So it could be a rhythm thing, and it could also just be he's just jacking in the, the preseason, you know what I'm saying? He's just trying to get his feet under him and don't really give a fucking taking, you know, tough shots. You
0: know? Right. So I like I said, Jalen Rosenham kinda of said that they looking like the old Dallas um, Steve Nash and Dirk and like said, so they can be they can be explosive. Like I just think it's gonna be a good a good NBA. I think uh, that season they have once. all
1: the pieces necessarily. The the one differential and it, it it's it's oddly paired that, that, that that's the the, the grouping that they did put up there, is that they lack like a six guy. They lack like a true cause back then the the, the Mavericks had like the starting lineup that was very solid. They also had, like, the, the rotations of the Adrian Griffins and Michael Finleys and Nick yeah. Van Exels and Eduardo Nahara, all these different players who weren't necessarily stars. Black like and Michael Finley and Nick, Nick Van Exel were guys that could each score yes. 25 points. Right, right. I don't think that they have that outside of their big four or five. You know, Delano Wright who's the younger brother. Darrell Wright is a pretty solid point guard. Uh, Jalen Brunson is a pretty solid point guard has championship pedigree in college. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is there. I'm not the biggest fan, but Tim Hardaway Jr. Next, score. To, next to Chris Dapps and, and fucking Luka Doncic should be pretty talented. And Dwight Powell has shown a lot more to his offense. I don't know if they had that extra guy on the bench who will make a difference. You know what I'm saying? As deep as some of these other teams in the West are, that might be tough for them. And where you see the Lakers having a Kyle Kuzma, the Clippers having a Lou Williams, the Nuggets having anybody, really, they got a couple people who can be that different piece that add a spark uh the Warriors depending on how the season turns out, you know, Jordan Poole looks pretty decent. I didn't know what he could do at, at Michigan. But all those different players that are around the Western Conference, it could be tough for Dallas Dallas if you know they lose from scoring in one of those other places.
0: Um, just a little quick update on the game. Uh Nico Collins dropped like a, a easy touchdown pass on fourth down and now Penn State has just got the first down and led game over with. Um so Okay, so let's move to the uh to the Eastern Conference. So these are my eight teams that I got making the Eastern Conference playoffs. I got the Bucks one seed, Subvi Sixers two seed, Pistons third seed, Raptors fourth seed, Nets fifth seed, Magic sixth seed, Celtics seventh seed, and Pacers eight seed. With Victor Oladipo coming back later in the year.
1: Uh the East is so tough to call, but I think that list would be all wrong, and I don't think that list would be right. Okay, so who who, would who go on the limb and say that?
0: Who 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 will not make the playoffs from that list? Well, not
1: make the playoffs. That's tough. I'm gonna just give you what I think the eight might be. Okay. Way. So number one, I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I don't think Giannis will be as dominant this season. Right. I think he'll take a step back, which is kind of weird to say, but I think he got a little bit. More confidence in the team around him Because I've seen that from him He said a couple times I think that this team can be You know, scary good And all those different things They do have Kyle Korver And Wesley Matthews Who are Tough to say If they're really necessarily Better than like Malcolm Brogdon But they're more experienced They know the game A little bit better Malcolm is a really smart player But he's still young I think he has a little bit more talent At this present day But Wesley Matthews You know, bought himself up By his bootstraps He was undrafted And became a starter Kyle Corford has just been a knockdown shooter for decades. So, I think right there they have a lot of talent that the team can kind of bring on. So, I'll put them at two. uh, Three, it's, it's a bit of a, a shaky situation. But, if they can pull off a trade, I think the Miami Heat will be the third best team in the Eastern Conference.
0: Miami? If they
1: can pull off a trade. And it depends on one of two things. Who they have to trade and what they get back. If they keep Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler together, that's a duo that I believe in. I do, Tyler Hero is young, but yeah, I think he's like a, a dark horse for. What I did mean.
0: want the Pistons to draft Tyler Hero. I did want that. Very that. talented. He is.
1: Uh, outside of that, I think that I'm a little bit lower on the Nets and Pistons, a little bit higher on the Celtics. So, this is this is like barring the trade, the, you know, potential for the, the Heat. It's possible they could not make the Boston. So. Right. Right. But Given, without that, I would say my third team probably would be, I would go to Celtics. I would go to Celtics third. Fourth, I would probably say the Pistons. Because I, I believe in what the Pistons can do right now. I like a lot of the players, not necessarily Drummond, but in the Eastern Conference, you know what I'm saying? It right, not right. take too much. As long as Blake Griffin is healthy for the majority of the season. Right, right, right. I would go them four. I would go... Nets, probably at five. At six, I would go Magic. Seven, I would go Hawks. And at eight.
0: A lot of people talk about the Hawks. NBA TV, they've been talking a lot about the Hawks. I got to see it. I would it.
1: go with the Heat, I guess. Okay. No Raptors for me.
0: No Raptors? No Raptors for me. Championship team, I think, missing uh, one.
1: I think they, they sell the whole team. Everybody's going Kyler is probably gonna get traded. Sergey Baker probably gonna get traded. And Marcus Al probably the, the coach literally came out and said that Stanley Johnson is a bum. He just said this the other day.
0: We all know that though. No, but he the coach said it
1: himself. These yeah. are his own words. Bro, we know. I mean
0: yeah. I seen him. I called it. Like when I first he seen him. He said Stanley
1: Johnson, Riley Harris, Jefferson cannot play defense. We brought them here to play defense. He said I asked them all the time if they understand the schemes. They tell me they do, but they're not doing it. So it's no reason for them to play. So these are two people he just asked out of the rotation. Those are free agent additions that were supposed to—I can't even say lessen the blow of losing Kawhi Leonard, but they were supposed to be the new small forwards, and that's not happening. And it's like, like I said, Marcus Hall is aged. Serge Baca is—is he
0: really? What he in the Olympics, he just got like what? He was like was all so Olympic team and or some I shit like that. Play
1: like that over here. I
0: don't know, man. I
1: mean, I, I think he gave that, some I good know. buckets. I don't believe that. I think that Kyloark gets traded. For sure. Yeah, hopefully goes I think, so. think goes probably gets traded. Um, that leaves you with what? Pascal, who well, I believe in a lot, but he's not a superstar.
0: Uh, he's saying, a superstar in the making, I believe. I guess.
1: I, I, don't, I don't... Do you believe Paul George is a superstar?
0: He has superstar talent.
1: Okay, I accept that. Well, yeah. That's the cap of what I think of Pascal could be, a Paul George-esque player. He's not really like a... He's not a franchise changer. That's more so what I was saying by himself.
0: But they still have fleet... Yeah, I like that that's
1: and that's going down the line, you got people like Norman Van Powell's okay. Yeah, okay. Uh but you banking on two players and Fred Van Fleet who's undrafted and Pascal Siakam who was like the butt end of the first round. Who they both shown to be yeah. good players, but to me that's not necessarily enough. Now granted, the the Hawks and Heat and Magic and Nets Realistic most of the teams outside of the top two could all be terrible next year.
0: Yeah, they could
1: the Celtics have a lot of turnover. They don't really have a foregone you know, person at, at the five that we know will start and be good. Uh, the Pistons might be trading people at the deadline. We don't really know what will happen with that. So it's a lot of just movement. Like I said, the Heat is kind of banking on some extra pieces. Because right now, I'm not a big fan of going Dragic anymore. But they, they got some talent there. Same thing with the Hawks. You know, they're still kind of young. But Trae Young could be Steph Curry-esque or Steve Nash-esque where he turns this team around. You know, just from his talent level, it can make everybody around him a little bit better. And it's just hard to adjust, you know what I'm saying? I know what the, the Magic will do, all these different pieces. So it's kind of just difficult to really say. But I think that the Raptors will have a tough time. I truly do. I just think it's it's going to be so weird of a brand of basketball. And like a lot of people pointed out last year, I actually did win a lot of games without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah,
0: that's, and, and, and that's the point. I like, And that's why I think they're going to be okay, because they, they got the chemistry. They are veteran players. They won games without Quad. They won a lot of games. Um, so, and that's why I think they're going to they're be okay and still in the mix. Like Atlanta, they, they got to show me. They got a lot of young guys, uh, people with rich eyes and real high on them. There's a lot of people like buzzing about them, but I, I got to see it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think a lot of things, too, we'll see um, transitioning. Just what happens as far as trades. If people get moved, I think that there's a lot of movement to be made. Like I said, Sabonis, who plays for the Patriots, is somebody that's been talked about. Blake Griffin has been talked about. Uh, Kevin Love has been talked about. Bradley Bill has been talked about. Chris Paul has been talked about. You know, so there's a lot of people who could be moving sooner or later and could be a domino in somebody's, you know, new team or new roster. It could make a big difference.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, like I said, I I'm, I'm, I'm can't wait for the NBA. It starts on Monday, right? Uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, season opens. Uh uh, my boy Zion, knee pain, knee soreness, so he's probably going to miss uh, miss a few weeks. That's what the reports are saying, the bleacher report that, that I got.
1: I watched a, um, an article. I wish I would have saved it. It was something I seen on Twitter, and it was like, you know, there's like Dr. Cho. He's yeah. like another like younger-looking doctor. But he was talking about Zion's gait, like his walk, and he pointed out a lot of good parts to where the things that we kind of talked about on here, I think Zion is going to have an injury riddle, you know what I'm saying, career. Unfortunately to say, and the things he kind of pointed out was just like that Zion, for one, is like knock knee, So it, it could be something that... He, he pointed out like a lot of particular plays to where Zion leaked or leapt off the wrong foot. And it's how dangerous that could be as far as like coming down with his body motions and yeah, how he real. walks. And also he pointed out... And it's one thing that we've kind of talked about jokingly, but I don't think anybody noticed for real is like, he walks with, like, a gallop and, like, a swaddle. Like, he walks yeah, like he's so, kind of rocking. Right, right, And he right. kind of pointed out that that could be something from, like, his hips. Like, his hips could be messed up long-term. Right, term. right. And just hearing those type of things as a person who's 6'7", 285, and also he kind of pointed out that, like, the, the growth of Zion, to him being 6'3", 175 his freshman year in high school, and then he was like this. You know, he was like 6'6", 280, 270. As a senior, his tendons might not have had the right time to grow. And playing basketball nonstop might be a bad thing for him. And I've seen some people kind of point to it that maybe he should redshirt this year.
0: Uh, Hopefully he don't redshirt this year. I, I think the problem is, and Giles kind of talked about this, me and them both, is that a lot of guys, definitely growing up, when I grew up, we played multiple sports. Yeah. So, like I said, football, basketball, baseball, track, we did all that now guys are just. They also talked about this too. Now guys are just playing basketball and they're just training for basketball, so they're doing these explosive workouts for basketball, mm-hmm. and so like you said, they're, they're jumping a lot higher, they're moving a lot faster, but they're not really strengthening their body. I think if he really gets in the weight room and gets physically stronger, that would really that would really help him instead of more of like the the explosive game. But no, nah, I hear the doctor saying. Um, I you know I, I just think he's he's gonna have an impact. I think he's special. Um, we definitely don't see anything like that. He averaged 23 in the in the preseason, but like you said, that could be a lot of wear and tear on his knees. 285, 65, 66 jumping like that, that does wear. He does walk with like the with like the rock, but I do think he I, I do think he's gonna be okay. Hopefully, he just missed like a few weeks. Or... I think
1: it's just a, a bigger issue, a long term, and it's a problem that he can have down the line. It's just an issue that you know people should be cognizant of. That is it's kinda a worry, you know what I'm saying? And definitely maybe he, he might have to drop some weight. Oh, he, he's gonna to I don't think that Dion playing at that, that weight makes that much of an impact. I think he still would be strong. Larry Johnson was strong as shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He oh, absolutely. Wasn't 25.
0: But the same thing, like he, he hurt his back. Yeah, for sure. And that was, you know, the kind of kind of deal, but yeah. Like I said, and that's what that's what I compare him to is Larry Johnson. I think he can be that way, but yeah, he's he's going to lose some weight. About 20-25 pounds. Like Jerome Bede, he lost about twenty pounds his offseason to hurt. So Yeah, for sure. You know. A little bit more, less wear and tear. Um, did you want to stick with basketball? Or did you want to get into the TV, movie?
1: Um, that's that's pretty much it. Michael Jordan opened a clinic, a couple of medical clinics in Charlotte. You know, that's something that people don't really talk about too often is his activism. He's pretty emotional about it, too. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of speaking about the people that played a part down there. I think that's that's a good thing that we're starting to see more from Michael Jordan because, like, before the internet, shit was just so fucked up that, like, people was believing that he owned private prisons and shit like that just because there's another dude named Michael Jordan. So I think that's a good thing that he kind of showing this out of himself because I'm I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan's been doing this. It just... He's not an activist. He never wanted to be somebody who's like, yeah, let's talk about him. I, say, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about Rodney King getting beat up. No offense, you know what I'm saying, to bring that up. But it's like, maybe that's not what I want to talk about, but I might donate here and there.
0: But, you know, he like I said, he didn't go to the White House the one time when George Bush Senior yeah. was there. Like, he's not an activist. And the reason why he's not is because of, like I said, what happened to the guys in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They lost out on those, those brand deals because they took a stand. And he never wanted that. But Perry said something to me last week. Well, he talked to me also about this last week. At the end of the day, you made all the money, but who who have you helped and who have you gave back to? And that's why Jordan is so emotional about it. Man. It's like you know, finally, I'm I'm giving back. And I'm you know helping my community. For a long time, people didn't think he did. People didn't think he cared. And you know, the reports about Republicans about Jim Shoes too, and him not really speaking out on the violence over his shoes. It, it, it kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And I know he hear the shit. Man. You know, like he was scared to take certain stances. Definitely throughout the nineties. I think was also going. with
1: Jordan, uh, it was. Like especially like the shoe stuff, there was nothing he could have did. He couldn't really did nothing. Like he still ran the company. As I, I would
0: have hear him come out and say, "Look, I, I didn't make my shoes for people to die over." Yeah, for sure. Like, I,
1: I just feel like in, in that aspect, in his mind, was like that's obvious. Duh, I don't want nobody dying over my shoes. Like that's
0: not my intention. But it's, it, it, it would be nice to, to come, like definitely young young black people dying over over a pair I of just, gym yeah, shoes. It's yeah. Fucked up. You know, they got they gotta hurt hurt some way. But I'm glad he's you know, he's he's helping out and, you know, opening up medical clinics if we sure. need that. So shout out to Michael Jordan. Uh, but well, let's, let's do like a quick sports update. Uh Earl Spence is doing okay. Okay. After his uh car crash, so prayers and thoughts up to uh to Spence. Um what else just yeah, been. Uh,
1: rest in peace bullshit. to Patrick Day, too. To rest in peace to
0: Patrick Day. Yes, he passed away. Rest in peace, man.
1: So, you know, move forward, what are your thoughts on that? So, I know, like, in the last two or three years, we've seen, like, a spike in, in boxers right. dying in the ring right. or from succumbing to injuries that they suffered in the ring. Do you think there will be a justice made? Because. I I personally I had to go track the video down to watch it because I wanted right. to know how you
0: know how he passed it right he, and he got he got knocked down do you think the referee should have ended the fight he, he should have and, and a lot of times we start we starting to see that now well a lot of refs are hopping in ending fights early I think they need to change the three knockdown rule for all fights because some fights if you if you don't get like I said most championship fights if you don't get if you do get knocked down three times the fight now over with. I think they, they need to implement that. If you get knocked down three times, the fight should be over with. Amateur fights, amateurs should have on headgear. The Olympics, they should have on headgear. Now, they took out a headgear in the Olympics, trying to make it more entertaining, and they're saying that they're going to have professionals fighting the Olympics. That, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. So, definitely headgear. And I, I do think that um, if a fighter is hurt, a woozy, you just got to you gotta stop the fight now. You got to stop the fight. Even on a championship level, like we... I, just for for safety, you, you you should stop the fight. And yeah, the the fight should have been stopped. But I'm not blaming the ref because, like you say, fighters are fighters, and yeah, they want sure. to keep it's going. Definitely, but Definitely um, yeah, just it a, a thin line
1: to be on. But, you know, from a larger scale, I think that the fight probably should have been stopped. And like, like I said, I kind of talked to some people about it from from my viewpoint. You can tell that he was a little bit too dazed from the first knockout. Right. Like, he got punched directly in his face, like nose to bridges, nose, forehead. He kind of seemed like he was out of it. And even more so from my standpoint, my biggest issue I had with the ref, and it's hard to really, you know, dictate without a knockdown. If you can stop the fight, he clearly was running before he got knocked down that last time. Like he wasn't backing up to braces; he was trying to get away from that dude. Right. And I think that's just a tough call to make. But you know, unfortunately, like I said, the wrong call was made, and the fight wasn't stopped.
0: Um, I think boxing with the Canelo fight is coming up. Now he's supposed to be fighting Kovalev, so he's moving up weight divisions. Um, some of the PBC cards, uh Wild Ortiz's pay per view, uh Charlos are fighting in December. I think Tony Harris in that fight will either be in December or in January. So, I mean it's some it's some good fights, uh fights coming up. Uh USC, I think Conor McGregor got like a sexual assault charge against him. That's all I've ever seen. They had a um they had a thirty for thirty on Chuck McGill, uh Chuck Liddell and shot didn't watch it all the way through. So, uh so that's well, I can remember from USC uh, of bo- uh, baseball. Look like Houston is probably going to the World Series, so they they up right now. I believe on the uh, on the Yankees is like three to two. So, I mean, actually, let me look at the score right quick. Houston Astros, yeah. So they up on the Yankees, uh, four four to two right now. Bottom of the eighth. Um, like said, League Championship Series. So look like Houston. Is, uh going back to the to the World Series. Um, let's get into TV real quick. Um, so TV-wise, tomorrow, HBO has the, the Watchmen show. It's coming on at 9 p.m. So am going to check that out. Um, Power is off this week. And I think off next week, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's get into the last episode. Um, very silly. Lala getting killed. Uh, the the scene between Ghost and Tommy when they had the, the officer tied up, I, I just thought they I could have done without that and uh and hey, you still owe me Tommy you remember you owe me for that like stuff like that I, I think it's starting to get carried away um this was probably the best episode out of the the bad episodes but it's it's just all over the place and I don't know what's I don't know where it's going next like the Lorenz Tate shit I just don't care about. It still don't really make too much it sense. don't make sense i don't- I don't know why he needed james I don't know why the you know they they turned up the mic on him and shit like that and the Queen's bridge project whatever that shit is like i I'm done with that and then you know tasha was dope and so I'm ready for it to be over a lot of people I mean, do like it and still enjoy transition it and where do you think the show goes um I think that uh i think that ghost i think tasha ended up killing Ghost I think ghost dies I do think tommy I think That's Tommy really dies terrible. too. I think Tommy dies.
1: That
0: like I, I I think they both die, and I I think um like I said, they already got the power book too, and I think Mary J Blige is supposed to take over, um what Fifty said, so she's supposed to be like they are gonna have a new series with her and as power, but I think I think Tommy and Ghost die. I think Tasha makes a run for it. I think Dre dies, and uh, I think they just hand everything over to uh, Tariq. So that shit sounds horrible. That's why things gonna happen. I mean, it's already been bad though, man. If
1: Tasha get to live, man, they fucked this show. Yeah, I,
0: like you said, I think she's gonna get to live. I I do want her to die though. She's annoying. She is she annoying. Is,
1: she has been the downfall of the whole show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she has. Like the the acting, the she fucked up guts. everything
1: in their lives. Her acting terrible. She's just be having sex with people. Yeah, She's a horrible mother.
0: Horrible mother. Shit. And then we don't even see the other kid. Don't see her. And honestly, like, bro, Ghost cried harder for Angela dying than his own daughter. Like, I I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's to the point now that... I think, though,
1: that's realistic. Unfortunate as it sounds, I think that's realistic. Because his mind's so warped that it's like...
0: He wasn't even around his daughter. Yeah.
1: Business-wise, he he had so much other stuff to do. And I think, unfortunately to say, he's seen that a part of Tasha. Right, right. Like So mentally, he was just like... I don't really want this, like, this life. <laughs> I don't want of that shit. You know, my, I love my kids, but I really don't want nothing to do with y'all either, like, as far as in the day-to-day. I, I love this one. I think he's just too much in love with Angela, and that shit kind of fucked his head up. But at the end of the day, all that was kind of Tasha's fault. Like, Tasha was very unsupportive. And people talk about him cheating and all that other shit. She I'm drove sure. him into that lady arms in my eyes. She was, he tried to get out the dope and she told that nigga no.
0: Tell him no, and he kept getting pulled back into it. But after, like, the third or after he went to jail, he should have stopped fucking with Angela. After that, after he hey. went to jail, like, he should have let that shit go. He still called him shit. I think the shit. bigger thing
1: with him, though, is, like, he, he always thought he could win. He always thought he could get out. Thought he could get out clean. So his, and his mindset was, like, I'm going to just keep doing this wrong right now. And then it's a green on the other side. Angela ain't gonna have to worry about that stuff. Like it's, I'm gonna be a clean dude when I when I get to that point. I'm gonna be clean. Well, realistically,
0: that would never happen. Hell no! I would like, never see no prostitute, prostitute. The thing that you see with,
1: with him though is like the the bigger issue in the show. He's always been arrogant. Yeah, he ghosts always start win. Like he always thinks when I get in this hole, I'm gonna figure something out. And to to his point, he has to some degree. He didn't come out cleaner than most would have.
0: I disagree with that. To me, he's always come off his weekend uh, on the show. Ever since. Outside of episode one. Outside of episode one, he's always whining. He's always getting told what to do.
1: I mean, that, the thing about it, Ghost is he don't, he don't. He don't. He like. He a reactive person. He not proactive. No, no, no. plan ahead. That's. That's more so what I, what I meant by being arrogant. When the chips is down, that's like, oh, I'm playing my best now. Like, yeah. shit, the, my back against the wall, that's the type of person he is. He's not somebody who has foresight to, like, oh, yeah, this, that, and the third could go wrong. Like, he tries to play that portion. Like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying, I got all of these things in line. But he, he get mentally, like, kind of lacks.
0: My thing is, why hasn't he become, like, the main connect and shit? Like, why is it yeah, always like the No, but I'm saying, like, they didn't got rid of so many connects. It's like at some point, though, it, it's not that well. I ain't gonna say that, but to just keep running and putting yourself in the same position over and over and over again, bro, it just it gets annoying. And you know that's kind of like the problem. Like I, I never seen him in a in a point of strength or you know power. Like I guess like, yeah, the show. Like and I've never seen him in power.
1: Was kind of de- the, the first problem season, is yeah. that like they was always. They was like the second hand to the plug. They was directly tied in with these people. And it was like they was killing the plug every time. So right, the right. The plug go away, so they just got to find a new connect. Find a new one. But like, it, that's just stupid. But it seemed
0: like the new connect finds them and yeah. makes them just kinda do like whatever. Yeah, like the, the bitch. And then at the last episode, oh, hey, I'm not the bitch no more. Yeah, yeah. Or pull out. Or he always getting his, his club took away from him and shit like that. <laughs> then he called a white guy back to help him with the club. Then Lorenz Tate bullying him around. It's just like, no, you just... It, 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 it's too much. Um, I'm ready for it to be over with. But, hey, it's off for the next two weeks.
1: Fifty Cent played a part in that, too, though. Because Kanan coming back just kind of made him take a role of, like, a little nigga
0: in But it didn't. Because him and Kanan didn't even, like, communicate. Or really had that much. Like, the way they talked about Kanan in the first season, I thought Kano' was going to come back home and, like, take over and shit like that. But Kanan was off doing his own shit. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to, though.
1: He, he just realized, to. like, I ain't really got the strength for that. Yeah. And that's where I was saying, like, he knew Ghost was matriculous. Like, this nigga gone... He put him in jail. You can't come at this nigga with no bullshit. And even not just to come... You know what I'm saying? Like, Ghost got out of a lot of jams where it's like, a nigga ain't supposed to survive. Like, the only one that don't make sense is them Jamaicans not killing him. They should have killed that nigga. Well,
0: I, yeah. I forgot about that shit. That shit <laughs> about three seasons ago. I, <laughs> sh- I, I forgot about shit. Of that shit. I forgot about
1: that shit. of it's like, Ghost always is... Like I said, when the chips is against him and his back is against the wall, he always got, like, a, uh, like Jimmy Neutron. Like, I got a brain blast. He come up with something quick and on the fly. And he's like, all right he is a smart dude. But like I said, he just don't got foresight. He kind of get too lax where he, he get comfortable. Like things is going good or the club is going good. I ain't got to worry about that or this is running good. This is getting handled. And you kind of see that with how he treat Tommy. Like it's like, you know what I'm saying? You stupid. You always tell telling like, you need me. I'm going to make this shit work. But it's like, you ain't really been that successful lately. You no, you I mean? ain't.
0: <laughs> and then that's the whole shit. Like you owe me to they let the, the fake cop live and I I don't know, man. I'm I'm kinda through with it. So
1: not for sure.
0: The two weeks I like I gotta watch because it it's so it is funny. The shit is very funny. Um the one scene where like the cop is talking a lot and like we about to send an FBI agents over there right now, I was like she everything she told my love was a lot. And a lot just cracked. It's like, bro, like what what are you doing? And it's just the way that uh <laughs> just the way that Tommy acting and behaving and, it's just been funny. And Dre trying to get that shit took off his leg. It's, you know. I don't know, man. Well, it's just just a silly episode. Um, Ballers ended. And I, th- I thought it was the right time. Um, it got way too over the top. I see The Rock is doing some other Disney Cruise-like movie. So he just does anything that he's going to get paid for. But I think they ended it. They did end it right. They did end it right. But it, 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 it took too... Like, it was just too much shit. Like, they, they ended it right. Everybody together, him doing the TV show for Ricky and shit like that. But, um nah, the season, it dragged on way. It dragged on three seasons too long.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I'll probably never see the end of Ballers. Yeah. I jumped off the ship a long time ago. I think it just got... It got stagnant early for me. I didn't see enough development and growth from, from Denzel's son. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see his, his, his character yeah, growing up. nothing. And uh, even the big linemen, like, they focused too much on his man. Still selling weed and all that shit. And so like, the
0: last season, like, so you ain't going to watch it, he wanted to be a gamer. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he was just playing his uh, his man. So he like, I just wanted to motivate you, Reggie, just to do something. And he signed a $90 million deal with the Cowboys. But he was acting like he wasn't going to sign a deal. It was just, it, that had to be the most annoying shit the whole season. Um, it's Very stupid. Very stupid. So, um, yeah, that bothers is over with. Um,
1: I think that was the the biggest thing to me was, like, the characters were never strong enough. Like, it was always, like, a, and I don't know if that's how the NFL people pop, uh, posses are, crews are, whatever you want to label them, where it was, like, just a bunch of, I guess dickheads around like the whole time. That just was. That was tough to watch as far as like a character. Like that dude Reggie was only funny for so long, and then like even the same thing with Ricky's dad. It's only funny for so long. And then the dude that be with Ricky was like the little mini for. I don't know what the fuck he do. Just yeah, right. This it's is, like, yeah, this is all Butler. Or some shit like people. That, yeah. It's like what the fuck are you doing on this show? And then you only can see The Rock do so many things to where it's like, it's repetitive.
0: But like you said, I mean, that's that's how entourages or cruise. Yeah, but
1: in a TV show, to where, like you said, this shit went on for six seasons. I can't watch this same shit for six seasons. That shit just stupid.
0: And Like you say you had shit where like uh, he took over, he was battling the NCAA, battling the shit. owner. There's a bunch of dumb Even shit. Even his
1: boss, when he had issues at the, at the agency, like all of those things were, you know what I'm saying... To me the last portion of the show was good was when they was trying to develop their own clientele. That's right. When it was a good That's show. when it was a good show. And then it was like once they start getting people, it's like, damn, you trying to progress as a person, but like these characters that you got around here suck. Like back then they had they had good, you know what I'm saying? People coming in to just have like a, a little show real quick, like we got this person, we got Deshaun Jackson, we got this person just stopping by just to give you a little camera time and it seemed cool and it was decently incorporated. Like I don't even think people remember the fucking show started off with his old teammate dying yeah they just don't even remember that shit yeah. you know what i'm saying now i just feel like the, the show lost its way of what it was supposed
0: to it, be. it could what have been really good, it. good yeah. and, and they, dropped, it started they dropped off as the a really
1: good show i remember finding music from that show An artist i listen to today as she like the soundtrack the first season was amazing yeah the show like i said this just started off at a fucking funeral no nobody remember that shit nobody you ask somebody about that they gonna think you lying
0: I forgot all, like, somebody brought up the NCAA <laughs> shit. I'm like, damn, like that, I forgot dude. about that shit. It's all
1: these different some or the Raiders shit. Dang. That shit
0: was, like, two or three seasons ago. Like, all I these I different aspects
1: that's kind of, like, falling out of line to where Ballers, to me, is kind of in the same plight of Empire. Like, everything just kind of got jumbled together and the storyline just
0: crumbled <laughs> I, a little bit. I'm not going to say it's that bad. I mean, because like, you like Empire. No, no, no. Empire like, is 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 awful. It's awful. It's, I mean, like, the worst like, thing to me, I've ever seen From way, TV. I've heard
1: about Ballers...
0: The
1: Rock owning the Chiefs is comparable to Terrence Howard Half of Dreads. I'm, nah, I'm, I'm, man. <laughs> I'm my point this of nigga done lost his
0: memory. <laughs> he done like a dreads. He done been with a mixed chick. He done uh killed his best friend. Like, dog, he done did way. Like Lucius. And then when he lost his memory again, bro. I just I stopped watch I stopped watching that for like the second, third. His sons were all annoying. Um it was it was just a bad sh- that was just a bad show, bad idea, bad show. So, yeah, Empire is a uh, straight garbage. I think
1: Empire just was ran by the wrong people.
0: It, it should have been on, like, HBO or something yeah, like I that. You can't put it I, on Fox. The funds. premise of
1: what it was, I think it could have been a good show.
0: Nah.
1: Like, as far as the, the dynamics of the rise and fall of a black-owned, like, you know, record label, I think we, that could have been a good show.
0: Right, and we, we didn't seen it before, but it's... I don't even know. Even
1: necessarily, I will not even say the cast was horrible. Like, I don't really like Tan's Howard, but Terazi the dynamics of what his kids were where you had one who was like a little brat and even the gay one, you know what I'm saying, who had actual talent and, then, like, the oldest one had, like, schizophrenia. Like, I think all of those dynamics are decent. The script just sucked. Like, the shit that everyone was going to just ass. Yeah, I, I just think that, win. like you said, the, the production company and the, the 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 showing of where it was at located, you know what I'm saying, it being on Fox just kind of, you know, crucified that show before it even got started. I think a show like that has too many dynamics to be withheld in a company like Fox that has to think about certain things to where they don't want to be, you know, liable for. Yeah. They don't want to put out certain imagery or things. And even on that, they pushed the boundary that people get shot and shit like that. And it was like, you know, quote-unquote gangster or hood shit. But it was still like, there was a certain border or limitations that I think they
0: so had. So funny you bring up Empire. So SV, SVU, a law and order, order. Yeah. they're about to make an episode about Jesse uh, Swann. yeah, yeah. So, they about to make an episode with him, like, getting beat up by the by the guys and shit like that. That's something
1: like, I think I'll tune in on. I, I don't, since Elliot Stable has left the show, yeah. I don't really watch it as much, and that's no, no. no I just like watching the old episodes. Yeah, like, I can't, sure. I can't
0: really get into the new ones. I like to just watch, like, I, I the marathon. I think it's funny, you
1: know what I'm saying? Without Elliot there, it just look kind of bold. And then some of the, like, I think people don't even pay attention to that, but, like, the prosecutors are different. Like, the, the yeah. all oh, people it's so kinda different. like there's so many different faces that it's just kind of tough. But, you know, things like this will make me tune in. I remember when I was in high school, they did an episode about Chris Brown, you know, beating up Rihanna. Yeah. So that those type of things will definitely make you tune in. But it's just it's just weird to see this type of shit. But I think that that's something that's just oddly like showing you how life will just move on. Like he really lied and nobody really talked about that shit no more. Like we joke about it occasionally, but like he ain't the ramifications ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we ain't got the full truth. He ain't never admitted shit. You
0: know Bro, what I'm saying? It's just funny. It's Like you said, so much shit that happened this year. Yeah. That when the SUV said that, I'm like, what the fuck? just I'm like, oh, shit, the dude, Empire. The nigga, lying. Yeah, yeah, lying and shit like that. So that's that's funny. Um, but it,
1: it's just crazy because, like I said, they didn't press charges on him for lying. He's never admitted that he lies. He's upholding his story. It did get dropped from Empire. But there's so many different things that's happened to where it's like, we ain't got no 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 confirmation. Like, although we knew immediately that shit was bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just right. don't sound right. Nothing about that shit sounds right. But see,
0: I, I think he was. He knew he was probably gonna get dropped from Empire. I think his role was starting to get reduced and shit. And he just said, "Fuck it, I'm just make this up." But uh, yeah, he did a did an awful job. I think the biggest guy. thing
1: for him though, and, and one of the issues that, that they kind of had, that, that people don't really realize, is that they got real contracts from that show. Like Empire's a real label, yeah, and they got real contracts to do that. And I think that. Him, Hakeem, all those different people didn't realize that they weren't going to be as popular as they thought they were. Like Jesse Smollett thought, I'm really going to be a giant legend. Like I'm going to progress as an well, artist. Well, let me say having. this.
0: Let me say this, and I didn't mean to spend as much time on Empire. The first season, I thought he was the most talented on the show. Sure, sure. Yeah.
1: he still is, as it's, far as still was still was is like,
0: like music and stuff like that. I thought he could have been something, but it just didn't stick. Like you said, his role just got reduced and reduced and reduced to nothing so but yeah like you say that's over for them so they still got episodes on but we can forget about that um Wu-Tang man yeah I've been
1: great yes man my, you know.
0: that's a great show man great miniseries. um great story and it now it just made me appreciate the 90s and a lot more man because it was so tough they was growing up tough man moving drugs and shit <laughs> He had, like, a unique sound, and, like I said, I haven't really gotten to, like, them blowing up yet, but, bro, just that motivation, that drive that, that RZA had, man, and bringing everybody together, and the, the, you know, the Chinese karate movies, man, that we all love, man, that's, it's very impactful.
1: For sure. I think the the biggest thing that I've kind of taken away from it, outside of the casting and the acting, which I think has been phenomenal, yeah. and, you know, the little slight things that I do know about Wu-Tang, because I never really listened to them, like, outside of the hits and then specifically like individually I've been a fan of Rizzo because of the stuff he does with film and soundtracks and stuff like he did the Blade soundtrack and he's done the Man with the Iron Fist movies and things of that nature and I think he was, did the last movie with Paul Walker yeah. as well like bricks or some shit yeah, like that but outside of that individually and knowing what Method Man was and then being a fan of ODB you know having the song with Mariah Carey and Ghostface and Ray Klon there's certain other members of the group that I wasn't as familiar, familiar as And also with their larger group work, I haven't listened to. But just seeing the casting, it looks like spot on for everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then then the the mimicking how their style, you know what I'm saying? All of those things seem like I'm watching them, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm seeing ODB out there just acting, you know, acting ass, basically. They put
0: him, the the actor, they put the right actor for them. And it's crazy because ODB has a son around
1: that age. And, you know, RZA, as people don't really know, RZA is the cousin of ODB. Yeah. Him and Jizz are all related But, you know, he kind of talked to, like, that he couldn't allow ODB something. Like, his acting just wasn't there yet.
0: Right, right. Although
1: he looks like him, they wanted this to be perfect. And I think that they've been spot on with that. And kind of just like what you were saying, I think that this, and I tried to explain this to a couple of people that I wanted to watch it, it's bigger than just being, like, a bio thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just real life. Like you said, this is the 90s. It's showing you the appreciation of hustling, the hard times in the slums, and just the evolution of what life is. Like, the simplicity of... Them niggas watching them kung fu movies, is some shit I could never do. Like, I could never sit down and be that impacted by some shit that, that they're not speaking in English or it's like, even right now, it's a show called Money Heist on, on fucking Netflix. I won't watch because it's dumb. I right. can't watch that shit. Right. So for them to watch that is crazy and, like, to see Ghostface in his house with his younger brothers telling him, like, no, nah, it's real morals in this shit. Like, it's some real, like, he was taking real in-depth. Like, man, it's not his honor and this shit, is loyalty, his brotherhood, all these different things to where... He developed as a man from watching fucking kung fu movies, yeah, and that's crazy to show like what their different aspects of life was, and even the things like where RZA and his brother going down south and Bakes was selling cigarettes and shit like that, and that's showing you his impact as a man and you know, different things that he went through, and like, man, no, I want to be this or I don't want to be that type of shit, I, all these different things, and you know, what I'm saying, fucking Raekwon being homeless, and all these other different things to where you see elements of no, this is a great story. Like, their development as men, as, as people, and then, like you said, RZA, having the insight and foresight to say, these different cliques, once we're not necessarily beefed out or we're working together, I want to get that back. You know what I'm saying? And I also want to bring that on wax. I want to make beats for each other and we can all bring in these different elements and then be special.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I definitely uh, agree with that. And, um, I mean, I, I just think, like, the, the impact that definitely they had Throughout the '90s, I can remember, um, I say, listening to Protection Neck as I got a little bit older, like like I said, '96, '97, when they was really starting to hit the road, and then like you know, they they had the inter, you know the controversy with High 9 Seven, and that kind of got them blackballed off the radio for a bit. But man, they just so much talent just in that uh that small radius, man, yeah, neighborhood sure. radius, and that's the thing about New York. It's crazy, like your your street, I mean your block is really your floor. Or your mm-hmm. apartment building, like it's just so much stuff that's like going on. Like, bro, they really down the street with each other, beefing with each other. So it's, I don't know. It's definitely interesting, and I can't wait for the next episode. Sure,
1: it definitely, it's had the same impact I think right now as Snowfall did. Where yeah, it's not, it's not as widely known because it doesn't come on TV, and I don't know if it, enough people are checking into it Google or people where, just haven't had a chance to watch it. I haven't jumped on the wave. It, it, it is some people that saw the Snowfall as well, but. I think down the line it will kind of show, and I don't know how long this is going to go on or, you know, what it progresses to, but this is definitely one of the better shows that I've watched in a while, better series. And just, like, showcasing, you know, like I said, urban life, and it's shown a lot of things that we didn't necessarily get a chance to witness because of our age. But definitely a good look, and anybody who hasn't seen it right now, I definitely recommend it. The acting has been phenomenal, and uh, outside of, you know, in... in difference to what we've talked about with Ballers and Empire and Power, the character development has been amazing, and you kind of just see the makings of all of the things you know to come, and that's amazing, like, you know what I'm saying, when you know the story, the ending, and then, like, it's it's foretold in the way it's like, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I can see why it happened, like, right, then, that's good, you know what I'm saying, just to give you a good idea that you're watching a good show.
0: Yeah, um, I guess, like I said, the the affair's been good on Showtime, so if you guys watch that, check that out. Um, movie-wise, JSL Bob came out. I want to check that out. Cause like I said, anything that Kevin Smith touches is pretty funny and, and good. So I definitely want to check that out. I'm um, still haven't saw Gem- Gemini Man. Still not. Uh, still not going to see it. Um, the Joker or the Batman. There's been some news about the cast. I think uh, yeah, yeah. Lenny Kravitz daughter is yeah. Catwoman, and what they do from uh, what's that Twilight is as vamp- a uh, Batman and Chip. Yeah, Gen- Jeffrey oh, okay. Wright is oh, in, uh, okay.
1: Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Uh, it's another guy that's been casted as the Riddler. Like, you know his face, but I can't think of his fucking name. His name not famous enough for it to be known, but he's been in, like, some of those uh, underage films. Oh, okay. But, you know what I'm saying? He was in, um, what's this shit called? Damn. Yeah. Is a girl next door. It's like mill Hurst and she was, like, a porn star. Yeah, like a, yeah, 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 Taller, goofy-looking with the guy. Okay,
0: the okay. So he's supposed to be the Riddler? Okay. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. Uh, They backed out of talks with Jonah Hill because he wanted more money than everybody else in the cast. And I guess they figured that wasn't worth it. But the cast is looking pretty diverse. And I think just to have what seems to be the Catwoman Riddler and it reminds me of the best Batman to date, which has been Batman forever. Right, right. And that was the best cast in them. I don't think Catwoman was in that, but they had the Riddler and Penguin in the same. Or was it the Riddler and...
0: No, Batgirl was in Batman and Robin. It was
1: Robin, Riddler... Um, and, and two Two-face. face, yeah. but that still to me has been you know pretty much the yeah. best casting or yeah, this yeah. collection of. Although the Batman returns with Penguin and Catwoman, and I don't know if it's an extra person
0: to that. You talking about the first one, like the with, Michael Steel, yeah. the But I'm just saying to have
1: those. Yeah, yeah had that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the casting wasn't as bad as like Batman and Robin. You know what I'm saying? I'm Mister yeah. Freeze is like historically horrible.
0: Yeah, it's bad boy. I bad think movie. that
1: this is making to to have a good, good look as far as what Batman should be you know what I'm saying because even to date with the Christopher Nolan trilogy we saw Joker in the solo movie we saw Ra's al Ghul slash uh, Scarecrow in the first one and then Bane in the third one well, like the, the villains weren't coordinated in a good match right, right 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 the films were decent but the, the villains you know what I'm saying and then it, it being Bane slash Ra's al Ghul's daughter and to be quite honest given how we've seen cartoons I don't think nobody really cares about Ra's al Ghul that much. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing on big screen, like it's cool to the backstory and knowing the, the the legend of shadows or the League of Shadows and all those things develop what Batman was or what Bruce was into Batman. I don't really need to see that shit on
0: TV. Like yeah, the cartoon, the cartoon was good, but yeah, uh, that's yeah. not
1: really something where it's like I want to see the Riddler. I want to see the Joker. I want to see Penguin. I want to see Two Face. I want to see Bang. Or even the fucking uh, the guys that all got, like, cards on their face. All yeah. these different villains that we've seen in the animated series. We want to see those people. I, yeah. I don't give a fuck about Ra's So to see them kind of going towards the, the more to traditionally populist people, I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. We, we'll see. Um, I don't think there's any other, like, movie news that really popped out.
1: Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things are just... Are we, did we talk about Disney Plus?
0: No, we didn't. We can get into with that. Disney Plus. It looks um, like the real deal. It does. It does. It looks it has everything. Um, so I got a question. Uh, somebody asked me: Does it have the Flintstone Jetsons on the Disney Plus or no? Mm, I don't recall. Uh, I don't recall. Okay, so it looked like it had Disney. It looked like it had National Geographic's and, and had Marvel. It, and Marvel. Yeah, ESPN. ESPN. Okay. So no. Okay. Yeah. So that's just pretty much what it's gonna be. Do they have like a list of what exactly? I seen like a quick like trailer.
1: Yeah, it was uh, um, it was some stuff on on Twitter that had pretty much
0: everything. Okay, so from, w- from what we know, all the Disney movies ever yeah. made, all the Disney cartoons, so yeah. Ducktales, the Tarzan cartoon, the Buzz Lightyear shit, all all that shit's gonna be on there. Yeah. Um, ESPN Plus, yeah, so you can watch anything that's on ESPN. So that was
1: be packaged. I don't know if that's a part of the main price
0: or not. Okay. And Hulu was a part of the price, right? So Hulu was a part of regular, right? I think so. Okay. So you got Disney+, Plus, you got Hulu, you got ESPN, you got National Geographic. Hey, Marvel, I I think it's a win. And Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they got it, man.
1: And they I it. It's the whole thing going back to the 90s or going back to the 50s, rather. Or whenever the first film came, I might have been 37. Yeah,
0: 37, like the first film. So, okay. So they got all, all the classic Disney. Okay. Hey, I can't wait. November 12th, I'll, I'll be ordering it and having it. So. And it's crazy
1: because um, probably like a year or two ago when we first started doing the podcast, when we was doing Top Five, I remember us talking about like the Marvel Comics and Hulk. And we've brought it back up more recently and like the Silver Surfer Show and Fantastic Four. Like somebody like Austin has never seen those. And it's like that's a good thing now for people as big as Marvel is to go back and watch those things. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I remember like a couple years ago, the X Men. Original series and like X Men Evolution and Spider Man and Spider Man. I can't think of the name of that shit. There was like Spider Man's in a different parallel universe. There's only one season of it, but those cartoons will also be on there. But they were on Hulu at one point. Yeah. So it's like, I got a chance to go back and watch that. But it's like, you know, I'll go watch Rick and Morty just when I'm bored or some shit like that. Or it's just something that I have, or the Boombox, some cartoon I had access to. So to have access to those whenever I want, cool. You know what I'm saying? To just be able to watch it. It's like, this is cool.
0: Yeah. I like say, I'm hey, I'm definitely down. Or even like you know, you
1: might randomly want to watch the fucking Jungle Book or all of these things. So it's like that's just a cool thing
0: to be able to have at your you know disposal. I agree, bro. I definitely agree. Um, I think that might be it. Pretty uh, good show for the most part. For the most part, man. But hey, hey, listen, man. Thank everybody for for listening. Um, like I said, Austin's like uh, kidnapped and missing. So, hey. thank you, and uh, like I said, we'll be back uh, next week. With even more heat. Alright, peace. Have a good night.